Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 282. I'm Dave. I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you going? Not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. And it's rock and roll. We are having a week, man. We had Chuck Dixon on uh, about 24 hours ago. We were talking to Chuck. We had a great episode. And thank you again to Chuck Dixon for coming on. Really is the patron saint of Signal. And um, so that episode, I, I edited it up. I put it up last night. It is there on your feed. Check it out. A really interesting uh, interview with Chuck. We covered uh, G.I. Joe. Yo, Joe. Uh, there was some obviously some Punisher talk, plenty of Conan talk, Um Hunter Ninja Bear, uh, his this excellent comic that he's, that's out now through Phenom Comics, really entertaining uh, chat. I mean, he's so good to chat to, isn't he, Rich? Oh yes, it's it's like catching up with a buddy. It is, it is, it definitely is, and um, it is always a pleasure to have him on. I have a mystery guest that will be coming on. It is locked and loaded um, for the start of October. I don't want to announce it yet, but I'll give a clue. And if you if you can guess it, you know, message me. It's a classic Superman writer, and I will say no more. I may give if no one guesses it. Um, I may give it. Well, I will. I not may. If no one guesses it, my next show, I will give another clue. But right now, we'll have a classic Superman writer. Um, Rich is one of the very few people in the world, other than Michelle. Who knows who's coming on? And I've unfortunately uh, given away the gender, which is annoying. I wish I hadn't done that, but I will. Um, Rich, uh, any clue you want to give? You, you know who it is, um, or you just want to stick with classic Superman writer? I think that's that's enough. Oh, jeez. Yeah, sometimes you know. You, sometimes, honestly, Rich, you know Michelle always tells me I'm no fun. You're even more no fun than me, if possible. Like you know, like you know. Yeah, but the problem is, is you you <laughs> you try and be clever, but then you end up saying too much. So right. yeah. Well, it's loose well, okay, we'll lips sing shit. When we say classic, we don't mean current. Yeah. Don't yeah, it's classic. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you can't be cu- current and classic at the same time. No, 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 but what I'm saying is that uh, classic can still be Bronze Age, Silver Age, like sure. there's different classic. Golden Age. Golden Age. Would any Golden Age writers still be alive? They'd be pretty old by this point. Joe Simon was we'll, alive. We'll find out. <laughs> Joe Simon died uh, after 9-11, um, so, and he was pretty old. I think he was close to 100 when he died. Don Perman, 93, 94 right now, still rolling. Uh, chat to him on Facebook. Lovely guy. Lovely guy. Still going in, the, in his 90s, man. He's still bantering on Facebook. I mean, God, if I had the energy of Don Perlman at 93, if I was 93 and had that kind of energy, unbelievable. I'm, he's still conversing on Facebook, doing jokes, kind of getting in, um, you know, banter with people and stuff, you know. like I just, I just want to be William Shatner when I'm old. Sure. Well, William Shatner's close to Isn't 90, his- yeah. No, I think he is ninety, isn't he? Yeah, he's right up there. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, he's he's very good for his age. Incredible, really. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm no chance with my bad hip, bad back, just bad yeah, attitude. He's ninety one. He's ninety one years old. I'm forty eight, and I feel like I'm eighty four. <laughs> Seriously, I'm forty eight, and I'm ready to cash it in. Um, you know, but 
you know, the knee's almost gone, the back's almost gone, the hip's questionable, and, you know, the spirit is definitely dimmed. But, you know, just, you know, even the thought, like, normally I'm like, keep on killing. Tonight, I've just done a long walk with the dog, came back, had dinner. I'm just like, I can't be bothered tonight. I'll give my, you know, I'll give my weapon a choice to someone else just for one night. You know what I mean? And then I'll come out of signal, I'll take back the sword, and I'll go and dispatch justice on the streets. But it's going to be like my street only tonight. You know what I mean? I'm, the, I'm at that level of energy, Rich. You know what I'm saying? Mm, fair enough. You know what it's like, man. I mean, you, no, I don't. you take out blocks. I know you, man. You take out blocks. I, I'm down to a street. That's it. <laughs> Keep on killing, kids. Now, all right, um, Rich, what have you been doing this week other than uh, chatting to Chuck Dixon and, uh, you know, enduring me over a lunch? What, what else have you got going on? Uh, no, not not, not, not too, too much this week. I've um, no? been taking it pretty chill. Um, uh, I, I, so after I watched the, the, the first uh, Hobbit movie installment again because I just wanted to um, – Oh, the Peter Jackson Hobbit movies? So you mean? Yes, because I I just wow. wanted to see if I have a higher tolerance for it now that I've watched The Rings of Power. Okay, so you watched all three, or just the first one? No, just the first one. Just the first one. okay. And how was it? Uh, my my tolerance has definitely increased for it. Uh, it's oh. kind of like the um, it, it's kind of like the Star Wars uh, prequel situation where a lot of people hated the prequels, sure, but now people have a. a a, a better appreciation for them or yep. look upon them a bit more fondly now since the Disney Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I feel like the same thing is going to happen with the Hobbit. Like, you know, because the Hobbit movies are pretty panned and everyone's like, Jesus, like they overindulged, they went too far. It was very, you know, yeah, comical. But if you take actually, I was watching the first installment. If you take out the terrible set pieces in it that look just stupid like video game crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of the movie is actually fine. Mm. It just really becomes too much. When There's they, a really they bad those. scene in Mirkwood uh, in the Elven Kingdom, I believe. Is it? it? That might be the second movie. But they, well, they go to the the, the well, in the, the first movie. It's like you know they fall down mountains and fall down holes, but they unscratched or they do that long battle running thing in the Goblin. Yeah, um, I'm thinking of the mine. barrels. The barrels. Remember that. There's a scene with no barrels, barrels is the second movie. I think. Okay, that was a, that was a very poor balls. scene. Okay, right. Okay, so, but if yeah, if you take those things out, it's 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 fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I can't say that I've ever really had a lot of motivation to watch them um, again. You know. Um, well, as I said, and the motivation came from after watching Rings of Power. I just wanted to see. Yeah, like that's a fair. Comparison. Yeah, I mean, you hate Rings of Power, though, don't you? I mean, we'll get to the oh, review. God. Yeah, well, well, yeah, you know, I've got a bit of an alternate opinion to you, but um, so, but still, I mean, you watch the first one, so you know, you're um, back in the saddle. And look, I don't hate the Hobbit movies. I, I just think that they are nowhere near as good as the Lord of the Rings. Like, I, I'd give the Hobbit movies probably all of them like a six out of ten, and whereas the Lord of the Rings, I mean, they're like eight point five and nines. You know. Um, I just think there's just such a... It's uh, they, they suffer from the comparison of two things. There's way too much padding in the Hobbit movies. Um, way too much padding. And some really cool scenes, but they're overly long. So you're like... It's that scenario where you're like, God, you could have chopped each of these movies down by like almost an hour. Two movies. Uh, max. I agree. 
I agree. I, I think you could have got two really good movies out of it, but that was the studio, man. That was the that was the studio wanted to make money. I mean, basically, they twisted his arm uh, to do it. Now, um, R.I.P. here, Dennis Waterman, one of my favourite actors, famously Terry in Minder. He was also in the Sweeney before before Minder, but I mean, Minder was so massive to me growing up. I mean, I caught every episode of Minder. We watched it. I mean, I read the books. I loved Minder. It's one of my favourite all-time shows. Um, I wasn't aware he passed away in May. Um, I knew he was retired. He 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 had a show, New Tricks, I think, or, was called After Minder. I mean, he was very successful in the um, UK. Um, yeah, he passed away in May 2022, and I don't remember if I acknowledged it on the show because I don't think I was aware of it. I just stumbled across it. Um, yesterday, because I was, I happened to be looking at a Minder thing on Wikipedia, and I clicked on him to see what what he was up to, because I knew he was kind of half retired, and um, and so he passed away. Uh, Rich, were you a Minder fan uh, growing up? It seems like your kind of cup of tea. Uh, no, not really. Um, really? Didn't really, didn't really get that. Um, the only thing I I really know him for is um, is the song "I Could Be So Good for You." Um, That's the theme that- song of Minder. Yeah, yeah, but like I know the song, but yeah, I've never yeah. like um, I've never actually watched the show. Because I think you would like Minder. I think you would like Minder. Um, it was very popular in Australia as well. Um, in the UK, it was an extremely popular show here. Like the ABC, I mean, it dominated on the ABC. You know, it was like one of their premiere shows. Like we we, we did not miss an episode in our house. And the thing was, it starts in like seventy nine ish or nineteen eighty. And so when I hopped onto it, it was like mid-80s, but they replayed it a lot. So you got to watch all the old shows as well. Um, yeah, so for me, it was, it was, it was, it was an all-time great show. Um, oh God, what was the guy's name? Was it Terry Cole? I want to say that. Am I getting his No, George Cole, sorry. Um, played Arthur, who was like the shady businessman, and, and Terry was the minder for the shady businessman. Uh, who, and he was always coming up with like get rich quick schemes kind of thing. That was his, you know, he was dodgy as all hell, and it was it was hilarious. Like, and, and Terry was like, uh, I want to say ex boxer um, who'd done a little bit of jail time, like you know, a year or two, and come out and um, and then and Arthur had hired him and stuff. So really good show, um, and a lot of people would think of it as an all time classic. Uh, I'm surprised it's not in your Brit box. Because uh, it's right in that kind of genre of those kind of shows that would be on BritBox, actually. Uh, it could be. I mean, I haven't gone through the entirety. Of I it, checked. So. It's not. I checked. It's not. It's. It's. Um. It may have been on at one point, but right now it's not. I also had a recommendation for a friend who recommended to me Black Books, which I had a very vague memory twenty years ago, and I, I'm not exaggerating. I got a recommendation from a friend who must have had it possibly even as videos, but they had they they had the collection. Maybe it was DVDs. I don't know. But whatever. I remember vaguely a recommendation, and the only thing I knew about this show was the title, and it has that guy who's Bill Bailey, and I just knew he was in it. I've never seen this guy perform live. I just know his face because it's very distinctive, like – you know, overweight, balding, et cetera, et cetera, like he, with the long hair at the back. Um, are you familiar with the comedian, Rich, Bill Bailey? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the, I know, as I said, I, I watched the, back in the day I watched like one or two episodes. Um, okay. And I'm familiar with the, the, 
So I said to you, right. I was like, no. So I said to you, because it was weird. It got recommended to me and it brought me back 20 years ago when I had a similar conversation with someone who I remember loved it. And, and I totally didn't watch it. And um, anyway, so I, I got hold of it. I watched two or three episodes last night. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I it's okay. Uh, like, I, maybe it gets funnier. Um, I, it was very kind of downbeat. Um, I thought the Bill Bailey guy was going to be crazy funny. You know what I mean? But he's the straight guy. Um, the, the lead guy who owns the bookshop... Um, who I've never heard of, actually, frankly. And um, he, Dylan Moran, I think, is the guy's name, or Moraine. And I don't know. It just, I, I, I'm I'm sort of like, what's all the fuss about? Like, why was this? Because I was reading online that it's regarded as like one of the all-time greatest comedies from the UK. Um, spaced, which I like. But again, I, I'm like, I like it, but I don't love it. Like, I love, say, Faulty Towers or Black Adder. I do like Spaced, and a lot of people are arguing on which one's better. I'm like, well, I don't think Spaced is the greatest thing of all time, but it's better than this. Maybe it gets funnier. It's only 18 episodes. I didn't mind it. Like, I watched two episodes in a row. I was like, yeah, it's okay. Like, you know, I'm like, it's all right. But I said to Michelle, do you want to watch it? And she was like, no way, no way in hell. UK comedy TV from 20 years ago, she's never going to watch that. And I was, she goes, that's a solo album. And I go, yeah, sure. So I put it on, and I'm like, man... Fuck. I, like, it's weird when stuff gets... It's one of those situations, Rich, where it's been hyped to me, you know? And you're going to love it. It's your kind of humour. And I'm like, it's barely humour to me. Like, it's not... Uh, well, as I funny. said, when you, when you asked me about it, as I said, it's just it's just a lot of snark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lead guy is just miserable, basically. Mm. And, uh, like, yeah, I'm just a bit like... It's not funny, uh, like, really. I mean, it's... Depressing is not what it is, but it's it's the guy's morose. He's got a bitter, like you know, and I'm just like, I don't know. I expected I expected more jokes, I think, and um, I don't know. Maybe it gets better, but I've watched two episodes and I'm like, yeah, a late night. Like I have a zone of TV, late night. You know, before I go to bed, my my quality standard goes down a lot. Like I'll watch a lot of stuff. That's when I watch my Smallville. You know, I enjoy what I'm, I'm grinding my way through Smallville. I, I enjoy it I, for what it is, and I'm happy to watch it very late night. The stakes feel very low. This show feels like it's a contender for that slot, you know, like, but I feel like there are other shows that it, beat it. You know, I'd rather well, watch The Fugitive. The, the thing is, for me, like, uh, it, it's one of the reasons also why I never really got into Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, um, really? I know I a lot Seinfeld. of people love Seinfeld, but... I just don't, I, I don't find it funny or entertaining about a bunch of people that just sit around bitching and moaning. <laughs> like, you know uh, I mean? It's a like, lot funnier than Seinfeld. Seinfeld's a no, lot no, no, funnier no, than I'm this just, show. Though. I'm not saying they're equal. I'm just saying yeah. I never got into Black Books and I never really got into Seinfeld because yeah. it, to me, it's just a bunch of people like complaining all the time. You know what I mean? Like all they do is complain and complain. And I get it. It's supposed to be humorous, but I just find it. Yeah. I would say in Seinfeld's defense, uh, the jokes are far better constructed than, than this. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, like I get what you're saying. I did get your point um, for sure. Um, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, cheers. Okay. The show, which I Mm. consider like an all time, great comedy like i consider seinfeld uh, cheers i think is you know mash 
Um, but it's this show, imagine if, you know, Sam, who's the, you know, heartbeat of the show in Cheers, imagine if he was just bitter and grumpy and abusing all the customers that came in. So instead of bantering with them, you know, and, and kind of like, you remember Ted Danson was really moving around the room and stuff. Instead of the banter, he was bitter. Well, this show is like, imagine if that lead guy was just incredibly bitter and jaded and you're like, okay, he's, he wants to drag everyone into that zone. And I'm like, I, I personally feel that kind of thing only works very short term. I, I don't think that that's a, a successful sort of long running kind of thing. Like Seinfeld had a lot of contrasts. This show doesn't seem to have it. Like, so yeah, um, it's interesting. It's interesting, I think, because it's so well regarded, and, I, and I, I've come to it knowing nothing. Like, I'm just like, impress me or not. Like, I, I don't even know any of these actors at all. And I'm like, so far, two episodes in, I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Five and a half out of ten, probably, if I'm being honest. You know, I, 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 I chuckled maybe twice. You know, mm. so. Anyway. Well, the thing is, it's it's really uh, look back in the day before streaming. Yeah, like. If, if, even if a show was just okay, well, you watched it because there was nothing else on. True. There wasn't yeah, true. Really any Very good point. Richard, yeah. Whereas now, if you click on something and you, you're like, eh, it's okay, yeah. you, you generally go find something else to watch because everything's at your fingertips now. So, yeah. you know, um, it, it could be one of those shows that maybe got better, you know, because a, a lot of shows, maybe their first season yeah, yeah. is not as good, but then maybe once you get to season two or three or something like that, you generally they hit a stride and it just becomes this absolute, you know, uh, it steamrolls and it just gets going. It's a laugh but, fest all of a but sudden. But you were kind of forced to give it that time because, yeah. you know, you didn't really have many options, you know. Well, dude, um, growing up in the 80s, like down in down in Tassie where I was, I think there was there was ABC, there was there was two or three channels. That was there there was there was three maximum. They got an extra channel at some point in the very early 90s so there might have been four channels then from memory mm. uh but i mean yeah you're right like it was kind of like but again even you if know. you've got four channels it's there's only four options that's you what i'm saying yeah. choose yeah yeah it's, it's whatever's on is on so yeah there was there was there was three to four options you didn't have streaming you didn't have dvds people mm. did not buy video cassettes of their shows in the 80s at least you know they did not do that you know if you want, that was the thing. You went to the video store to get a movie, kind of thing. Um, that was the entertainment, like a Friday night. Roll down, get grab a movie. And you better pray that movie you chose was good because that's well, oh my god, it was. Good. Well, frankly, either way, we watched it. You know? Yeah, yeah. But my point is, you may not have enjoyed it, but again, you're like, oh well, I fucking bought it. There's no, yeah, yeah, there's no alternative, so I have to watch it. That's why I said it's weird. Like back in the day, I would watch so many shitty movies because. Sure. That, that was my only option. If I chose the wrong movie, well, I'd still give it a go. Yeah. But now, it, if I'm 20 minutes into a movie or a show and I'm like, oh, I fucking don't like this, and off it goes because I can go find something else. It's true. There is a, there is a uh, lot more. It's options. really hard. Now it's like, and because there's so much stuff now, you got to make sure that you fucking put your best out there because, yeah, you, you, again, people have options now. You, If you're not going to make point. a good season one or even a good like first episode, Kiss it goodbye because people just will click off and that is a good about point actually. Somewhere else. And think about shows like Star Trek: Next Generation. That it has a pretty weak 
first season. You know, it's certainly not its best season. And um, Seinfeld uh, also um, took time to find its feet. Um, mm. Plenty of classic shows did not come out of the blocks all guns blazing. They took time to develop. I mean, that's the nature of, like, you know, many a sitcom. Uh, yeah, we're so saturated now and, uh, like, overly so. And not only saturated, there's also such a wealth of past material that is available as well. So you're also competing against back catalogues of bona fide classics. You know what I mean? That have that have and got in my that. world back catalogues are winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in my world, probably too. But like that's what I'm saying. You, you're competing against both, so it's interesting. So anyway, that wraps up my review of a 20 year old show, and um, <laughs> which I'm going to give a 5.5 so far. I will. I liked it enough to... I will watch at least one to two more episodes to see if it improves. There's only 18 episodes in the whole thing, which is hilarious to me. Because I, I thought that it went for fucking years. It did. Well, it did go for years. Yeah. As, I said, as, I, as I said, British shows, they're not like American shows where there's 20... Yeah. 24, 25 episodes. Why is season. that, though? Why is that? I don't understand why um, that is. Well, because um, you've got to remember, uh, the UK is not like... Um, America, there's really only one station. Like it's BBC, so they had to produce a lot of stuff. Right. So things were given shorter runtimes because they had to produce other things. Well, there was know, ITV as things. well. I know there was ITV as another. No, but what I'm saying is, like in America, you you always had multiple stations. Do you sure. know what I mean? You had CBS, um, ABC, uh, NBC, yeah, ABC. Um, I'm trying to remember NBC. Yeah. You know, there, there, there was multiple. Uh, stations and then obviously when they got uh, cable you know all that sort of shit so they at least had like um you and you if it was show was popular you kept it going because obviously you want to maintain the viewership because then they weren't clicking over to another yeah station yeah. but in britain they never really had that like choice right like a lot of the shows that we know and and, and love and people all produced by the BBC. so i guess yeah. they had to you know your seasons had to be shorter because there were other things to 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 make produce and yeah. they were coming and being brought to them so i think that has something to do with why uh, generally british shows have much shorter mm. um which is so funny because it's like that's what is now as well yeah. like in streaming streaming shows pff, eight eight episodes if you're lucky maybe six yeah like it's also short now so you know and faulty towers again, faulty towers only had 12 episodes Yep, because um, it was only two two seasons or two two, series, two seasons, one in seventy five and one in seventy nine. I mean, they're all classic. Um, yes. Yeah, and but uh, yeah, no, it is it is interesting the differences in the model. Like you are right, many a British show still like a Luther was literally only doing like five or six episodes, even less as the seasons went on. You know, like there's many a show. Did you watch that thing that I enjoyed? That with the guy, God, what's his name, Rich? He he played. Is it Martin Freeman? He played the. He played Bilbo. I think he played Bilbo, didn't he? Yeah, Martin Freeman. Yeah. Okay. Did you watch that recent police thing that I recommended to you about the really burnt out cop? No. It's uh, it's good, no, man. No. It's dark as fuck, man. Like, like I was like, when, even by my standards, um, it was dark. You know, I was like, wow, this is really, but it felt really realistic. Like it was written. By by a, a cop, like a guy. It was like he was. He's like a night cop. I don't know what you call that, but like a and like an emergency responder or something. And um, it was gee, it was a an interesting show. I I I'd recommend. I'd I'd be interested to see what you think of that show. Actually, um, let me find out what it's called. 
God. Like, sometimes... Well, I mean, if it's darker than even you used it's to, dark. I wouldn't get my hopes up. It's very dark, actually. I would... I will... The responder. That's I, it. I'm a being of the light, Dave. Oh, come off it, Richard. You're not always... I'm a... Mate, I'm a care bear. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, man, how lame. Like, dude, this is like care bears go dark. Who are you? I love the care bears. Yeah, well, I personally think they sucked. But, you know, like, um, yeah, look, it's been renewed for a second season. It's only... But what I'm trying to say is it's very dark, super dark, and it's only five episodes, and they and it's quite confronting as well. It's written by a guy who was exactly this. Um, uh, da, 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 da. He's been demoted from his position as inspector and undertakes a series of night shifts in central Liverpool. His work scenes are interspersed with scenes of him at therapy at home and with his mother in a nursing home. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I I, 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 I really dug it. I, 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 and he's good as well, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very bleak and he's like really burnt out as well. Um, which is interesting, and I thought he did a good job. Martin Freeman, to me, is a guy who, you know, I, he doesn't get, like, a lot of plaudits, but I feel like he turns up and gives a solid performance in, in his in, Oh, yeah, his he's, craft. Uh, he's really good in um, uh, World's End. Yeah, he is. I agree. He, he's very funny in that. And, again, he's good as Bilbo. Yeah. He's good as... In The uh, Office. Yeah, he, he was pretty, pretty good in um, The Sherlock, even though that show kind of... Cliff. He was Watson, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I've never watched it, actually, in fairness. People rave about that show. It's okay, but it, it just becomes... Uh, it, it, it doesn't get better. People love it, though. Like, it was just beloved. I, I just I was just like... I, I felt a bit Sherlock Holmes'd out, I think, you know? I was kind of like, you know what? I'm, I might be done with Sherlock Holmes. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of prefer the original, like, stories... You know, I think that was part of it. That it was set in the modern world, wasn't it? The that that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's like this is gonna. I know that that's their choice, but like I honestly feel like that kind of detracted from it for me. I don't. I don't know. Like I quite liked Elementary. Michelle watched Elementary, um, the US thing with um. Oh God, I don't know what the guy's name is, but Lucy, I know I know it's got Lucy Liu in it. She plays Watson. She is in it, yeah, and but she's not the main character. Um, no, but she plays Watson. Is what it's, it's pretty good though. I I mean, like I'm not saying it's incredible, but like it was like a solid seven. You know, like it was enjoyable to watch. Uh, yeah, I always felt Sherlock looked like like heavier going. Am I right or wrong? It just seemed like heavy going. I think it's overindulgent. Right. It's probably okay. the best way I could uh, I could probably sum it up. And Benedict Cumberbatch is Sherlock, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, see, I, I find a little bit of him goes a long way. I don't mind him as Doctor Strange, but I don't need him 24-7. He's just well, something, you know. my, my biggest problem with him is that um, his version of Sherlock is a bit more crueler. Right. You know, like Sherlock isn't necessarily cruel, he uh, just doesn't have time for... Um, doesn't suffer uh, fools gladly. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, he's... He's a bit of a uh, bitch, though, like, in the books. Like yeah, he, no, but he, in that, no, but in this one, it's like he's... It's like he's he wants to be mean. Right. Like, he wants to hurt people's feelings. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like but he, see, this is why I, I was like, I'm not sure it's for me, because I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't like it that much. Like, I like the classic stories, but... 
once you take out the appeal of the Victorian era and all that, like I find that's all part of what I like about Sherlock Holmes, like all that stuff, you know, back in the day, the handsome cabs and all that stuff. And, you know, like that, that is part of the appeal of Sherlock Holmes. I'm sorry if I'm a Philistine people, but that is part of the appeal. Like I like the era. And I like it's detective back in those days. But when they're like, oh, okay, it's going to be in the modern world and it's going to be way more serious. Yeah, you're, like you're saying, he's going to be a real little bitch and like super fucking mean and snipey, I bet. I'm like, yeah, no thanks. Just seems like hard work, you know? It's like if they say, imagine the next Doctor is going to be a complete prick in Doctor Who and it's going to be really realistic, and he's going to really, you know, grind everyone's gears. I'm kind of like, yeah, that's taking up part of the fun of Doctor Who now, you know? No, I agree. Yeah, so that's why I haven't watched it, but did you watch it? Like, did you give it, like, a... Because I know people love it. No, I, know, I, yeah. I, def- I watched the, f- the... I watched two series. Right. Really? Well, I, it's weird, because Brit- Britain doesn't call them seasons. They call them series, like series one. It's the same thing, though, Rich. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I watched the first two series, but then I just was like, I don't I dropped off. I'm not. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a bit overpraised as well. Like people were like raving about it a bit too hard. You know, like I, I could sense what it was a million miles off. I was like, I can see what this show is going to be like, and I just don't have the sort of energy for it, kind of thing. You know, I was just well, like, if I remember in the show, they basically took all the old cases and stuff and tied them all back to Moriarty, right? Um, like he was some mastermind and he was doing all of this to test right. Sherlock. And Who played like Moriarty? Do you remember? I don't know. Some some young guy. I'm not an actor. I'm familiar. Really? Was he good? There wasn't, there wasn't anyone. No, he came across as a... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Was he captured or not? Did, did he get captured and killed or something? I think he kills himself. <sighs> really? Do they do stuff like... Sherlock doesn't believe that he's dead or something like that. Do they do the death scene? Like, you know how in the original books, um, Conan Doyle killed him and then they went over the waterfalls and then he brought him back? Well, they don't use a waterfall, but yes, there is a... I think it's at the end of series two that he jumps off a building and it looks like he's dead. With Sherlock, though? Because they both fell over. No. uh, No, Sherlock does it himself. Right, but it's 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 because of Moriarty. It's tied to Moriarty. So again, okay. they've 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 not followed the books like pound for pound. Oh, yeah, they don't need to. Like, they don't need to. I, like I'm no, just, but that's what I mean. They they hitting points on it, but they take they're taking it in different directions, which I'm fine with. I mean, God, these books are like you know, I don't and know. Also how you old, can't because it's a different old. time. It's a yeah. different period. No, no, I don't mind that at all. I, that's I tell you a really good uh, Doctor Who episode. Ta- the talons of Wang Chiang, and it's set in that time period. And the Doctor goes into Victorian London with Leela from memory, and he wears like the the cap and stuff of Sherlock Holmes. You know the deerstalker cap, or whatever yeah, it was yeah, called. Yeah. Um, great episode. Have you seen it? It's a six parter. It's a fan. It's one. I, I, yes. You like it? Yeah, it's good. I oh, mean, I fucking loved it. I see. I prefer that. To, yeah, fucking modern Sherlock Holmes with this Benedict Cumberbatch can take a flying leap. I'll, I'll stick with Tom Baker and Talons of Wen Chiang. You know, <laughs> just like they don't get it though, man. You know, like if you said to me, if you pitched that exact show, like as in it's going to be more modern 
uh, in tone, but set it back in the period. So you know what I mean? Like a, like a darker show that they would do now, but set it as a period piece. I would find that, I probably would have watched it, you know? It's the need to, we're going to put it in the modern era and we're going to make it all like, they're going to have mobile phones and proper cars and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he never gets to wear his cap. Um, and I'm just like, you guys are missing, like there is a segment of the audience that actually wants the old school period, you know? Yeah, well, I think the um, the the Guy Ritchie ones uh, yeah, did well, them. didn't they? Yeah, I enjoyed them. Yeah, with um, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Yeah, so I enjoyed those. I enjoyed those far more than this other shit. Anyway, so... Yeah, we didn't get a trilogy out of those. They're still talking about another one, man. Yeah, Yeah. but the way it ended, I thought would have been a really good ending for a third movie if they had, like, done a trilogy. Well, they're talking about doing a third one. There's talk. No, no, you're not listening to me. What? The ending of the second movie would have been a good ending of a trilogy. Oh, I don't remember what so happened. So if they had done two movies and then the third one yeah. with the Moriarty with his death, it would have been a good ending for a trilogy. Right. I don't remember what happened uh, at all in any well, of the, He goes over the waterfall and then he's not really dead and all that sort of stuff. And, and, but why and couldn't they? I thought that would have been a good way to. No, but I just thought that would have been a good ending for a trilogy. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they can't make another one. I'm just. But saying. they could make one to pick up from that. Yeah, they can. But I'm just saying. You would have liked to finish it like that. Yeah, I'd finish it like that. You're like, oh, he's not dead. Like, That's know, an open ending, though. They hate that. That's an open ending. Yeah, like, to do that. It's like, what's the point of finishing the trilogy if it's all going to be like, yeah, he still lives. You know? The evil person still lives. They want to wrap it up the with a bow. Person, I'm talking about Sherlock. What are you talking about? I don't. Oh, so Sherlock went over, did he? I, I don't remember what happened, man. Yeah, he, both of them go over, okay. and they uh, think that they're dead, and then... Sure, uh, Sherlock is, you know, um, you see him still alive. And uh, I just thought that would have been a good ending for a trilogy. I agree with you. Richard, I, I apologise. It has been 20 years or however long since I've seen that movie. I've seen it once in cinemas. <laughs> I don't remember a single thing about it, other than I enjoyed them. Um, you know, what did you think of the thing in the Robert Downey Jr. ones where he kind of anticipated what was going to happen? I thought that was pretty cool. Do you remember that he had that, like, technique in his mind? Oh, yeah, yeah, where you play out what he was Yeah, doing. yeah, I like that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But see, that's, a, that's actually one of the only things I remember. And it had Jude Law as Watson, correct? Yes. He actually was a really good Watson. I, I thought he was good. Yeah, I agree. See, I, I enjoy those for what they were. They were light entertainment kind of to me. They were, you know, fun, light entertainment. I thought they were pretty decent films. I saw both of them at cinemas and enjoyed them. Have not watched... Either one of them, again, I've only seen them once, hence my memory is, it's not even foggy, it's non-existent, you know. Um, I've got a very poor memory for some things. Have you noticed that, Rich? Like, sometimes I'm like, I don't even remember uh, something? Yeah, I'm just like, I don't remember anything about that, like, to be honest, other than the name. I can name the name of the film, the star, I can give you a rough year. Plot details? No idea. No idea. <laughs> May have fallen asleep in it. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. No, may have. Definitely like may have. You, yeah. you do like to fall asleep during movies. A little sleep, a little nap. And then I wake up and I'm more refreshed. Never forget Terminator. Uh, was it Genesis? Fell asleep during the scene with Arnie. Genesis. Genesis. Whatever, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, but, like, fell asleep in the scene with Arnie and woke up 
and said, when's Arnie coming? And Michelle's like, he came. You know, the, the, <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> where, where the, the young Arnie fights the old Arnie, and it's like, just, same day. she's like, it happened. You were asleep. I was like, I was like, really? I missed the scene. <laughs> so annoyed. <laughs> and really, it was just me as well thinking, I can just take a quick five-minute nap, you know, and, I, and I'll get refreshed, and I picked the wrong moment, man. Anyway, so that wraps up R.I.P. Dennis Waterman. Albert, you're in the ribs, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, you know, she was too too kind. Now, you have some news about Paper Girls, Richard, which I feel you're delighting in, frankly. What's the news? Uh, I'm sorry. I just, I like, I like, uh, I like TZ News. What can I say? Well, I'm just so, I'm annoyed because this was something Michelle and I both enjoyed this show. Um, and you're telling me is officially cancelled, Rich, or is it? Is there some hope? Yeah. As far as I, there's no hope being given, it just says it's been cancelled after one season. Really? Was there a reason given? Was this toxic masculinity? <laughs> Who knows? Was Who this... knows what toxic it was? I don't know, but why? Why though? Why do they have to take a show that I enjoy? That's a couple show. Like, why do they have to? Out of all the shitty shows that are out there. Why do they have to pick on Paper Girls? Probably because no one tuned in to watch it, mate. Sorry, you you and Michelle may have been the only two people I, that I tuned fucking, in to watch it. I watched it as it came out. I'm going to look on. I'm going to look on Metacritic and see what it got. I'm anticipating a 68 on Metacritic. Oh, uh, uh, Let's see. I'm sure it has a, a critic score of like 98. percent No, I think it's got a 70. Um, but a 70 is very good. That that's a collation. Yeah, seventy, and it uses user score of six point three. So I mean that that's two in the green, which is a lot more than a lot of shows. But sadly, all over, all over. All gone. Why? All gone, why? Like this is what I'm saying. Well, why? Like Amazon gods, Jeff Bezos. Why did you take it from me? Well, to be fair with, I cannot be honest with you. I never. <laughs> I don't recall seeing it in the, you know, when they say, like, what's trending. (laughs) It was trending on Single and Doom. I mention it every single fucking week. Whenever I go into, because Amazon is probably, um, uh, that's where I watch, like, the Abbott against Salad and all that. Like, I don't remember it ever getting, like, front page of, like, Paper Girls, you know, number one in streaming. I don't remember that. I don't think many people, look, there may have been some, and maybe they liked it, but obviously not enough. It's tragedy. It's, I mean, it's a modern-day tragedy. Is that too strong a word, do you think, Rich? Uh, yes. <laughs> it wasn't that good, like, let's be honest. I mean, I, I gave it a seven, which is about what it deserves, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say, other than I'm annoyed. Like, fucking, some of the shit that's on TV and on Netflix and stuff, and, and yet they cancel Paper Girls. Like why, I I I I just I don't understand. Like D- DMX or DMZ or whatever the fuck it was called DMZ, it was a bad show. You know what I mean? Like uh, why the Last Man? It was a bad show. You know, Paper Girls or they're both. I think BKV aren't they? Or maybe Brian Wood. I think did DMZ, but but Brian K Vaughan did uh, Paper Girls and Why the Last Man. Why the Last Man is a really interesting concept that they just botched when it came to the show, much like the recent uh, remake of The Stand. Somehow managed to screw up what is such a great fucking story. 
Paper Girls, I actually felt like, as a show, it worked, you know, but unfortunately, it's just, I, I just don't think, it's saying here it didn't break through the Nielsen ratings, I just don't think enough people saw it, despite a strong critical reception. You know... That's my, that's my theory. My, I'm almost, you know, head in hands here. But I'm again, just, as I said to you, Dave, like... Disappointed. You've got to make something really, really good... Because yeah. there's so many options now, so. But what about all the very mediocre content that gets pumped out and 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 survives? Like, there's a lot of fucking very mediocre product that manages to survive. That's what not I don't understand. Net, not so much on streaming. Yeah. TV still yes. Yeah. But not so much okay. on streaming. Streaming yeah. shit gets cut all the time. It's true. Good point, Rich. Well, I don't know. I, look. <sighs> I really get. I mean, again, I enjoyed Jupiter's Legacy, uh, uh, the the Netflix show, and that was cancelled after one season. And what was that? Um, you know, the 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 book based on uh, was but... it Mark Millar's? Um... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do remember it was that. Yeah, pretty good. And they cancelled that after one season. And uh, yeah, I know it was pretty awful, but I mean, the Cowboy Bebop live action got cancelled after fun. one season. So I mean, streaming it's... stuff is yeah. it's cutthroat, man. Like it if is. it doesn't perform. Like, if it doesn't hit hit this yeah. whatever their target is for so many viewers, per, true, true, uh, whatever, then it just gets cut. I'm surely they've got formulas where they can work out if X many people watched episode one, we're going to lose X many people season two. You know, blah blah blah. So, yeah, so Neil Gaiman. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, if you if you look at the show mm. and after every episode, it's a downward trajectory. Yeah. Then, yeah, you're going to be like, no point doing a season two because we'll have no one watching it by season two. Well, they're saying um, the Sandman is on the bubble. They're saying Sandman could be cancelled. There might not be a Sandman season two. And that got nothing but fucking praise and people hyping it. You know, all the all well, the that's game the, Well, that's the thing, Dave, and this is why I, I wish, like, uh, I, I, I'm tired of them saying, oh, this critically acclaimed, or this critically acclaimed. Your critical acclaim means fuck all to the, the audience. You need to make something really good, mm. not just that the that, that gets all the critics wet and happy. Like you actually have to make something. For well, the, the definition man. of critical acclaim is that the critics perceive it as good. Like, that's my point, that, and that means nothing. Like that's what I'm saying. Like the critical acclaim means nothing. Oh, uh, well, word of, word of mouth, word of they mouth. They don't care about critical acclaim. They want viewers. Yeah, they but, want yeah, numbers. But, yeah, yes, the studios don't care about it. But I will say, word of mouth can assist in viewing numbers for sure like and when i say word of mouth i mean internet and everything else it does play a part like the, the line Again, between it's not, cr- it's critics not and, critics yeah but yes i agree with you on that point but the line between critic and audience is very blurred in today's world um very blurred um I think I look at it more now as word of mouth is as as the mover of the needle than anything else. You are right. I mean, a, a show can come out. Many a show, many a show, has come out and is praised to high heaven by critics, and just doesn't in any way connect with the mass audience, and that show gets well, cancelled. Like, a a perfect know. example is the Terminalist, right? Yeah, that had really good word of mouth because it has like ninety six percent with the audience, mm. and everyone was probably telling their friends, you have to watch this. Just like, sure. you know, I said to you, hey, yeah, you should watch this. You're going to enjoy it. And then you watch it and you really enjoyed it. Yeah, That's the word of mouth that matters, not the critics. The critics have <laughs> no 
no say in if something's going to be successful or not. It's only the audience yeah. would have mouth. No, that I agree with you on that point. And don't forget, here's the other point. With the internet and social media, word of mouth is louder than ever. So, mm. you know, it is, and, and for good and bad. But, like, yeah, I, I agree with you on that score for sure. Like, many a show, you could go back through so many shows that, that have really high critical scores and did in no way connect with an audience. You will find shows where they did connect, but there will have, like, I'm talking the history of TV, many shows, critically acclaimed, might be a limited series, doesn't get, you know, past first season, just because it doesn't connect with a mass audience, for whatever reason, you know, for whatever reason. It could be marketing, it could just be, it's not a mass consumption thing that people are going to respond to. Like, what are reasons? But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. But um, Paper Girls wasn't that good. Like, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. I'm just disappointed because it was a couple show that Michelle and I watched. We enjoyed it, and, you know, now we have to live with the loss. Now we're sitting at home with a gun in our mouth, Rich, you know? It's just a... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Dave. There'll be more trash around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, we watched League of Super Pets. Have you seen this, Rich? We watched this on the weekend. No. Um, bit slow. Uh, it's okay, not as funny as I would hope that a movie directly aimed at kind of kids would be. I would expect more laughs. It's okay. Um, there's more Justice League in it than you would expect, actually. Um, crypto is good. Ace is good. Um, they, look, the, the animals are okay, to be honest. Um, some of them are very much lesser parts. The, the biggest... Uh, I mean, heroes of the story are Crypto and Ace. Um, it's okay. Uh, like, if I'm being generous, a 6.5, but my honest score, 6 out of 10. Um, well, good voice acting, decent animation, not great. It's not as funny as I hoped it would be. And I don't feel that it's as funny as the competition is, like the Pixar movies and all that kind of stuff. Like... It's direct competition, I think, has the jokes punched up more than this. I sort of thought it would be a little bit more amusing. Um, it's at times a bit slow. Uh, and it ha- this was funny. So it has the Justice League rich, and so it has, obviously, your big guns like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. There's a funny line with Wonder Woman. Um, what she, she, the villain is like a little guinea pig. She's like an experiment of Luther's. And um, just evil. And at one point, Wonder Woman gets a lasso of truth around her and she turns around to Wonder Woman and she goes, absolute truth? The boots are a bit much. (laughs) To Wonder Woman. I thought that was a funny line. Um, And it has, who, Flash? It has a Green Lantern. And I said to Michelle, Rich is not going to be happy. It's not Hal Jordan. It was, I thought it was a black... Green Lantern, but it was you corrected me. It's the Hispanic one, I believe, Rich. Um, Jessica Cruz. Yeah, and but the only re- reason I realised who that was, because um, she's you know, like in terms of like I knew sort of vaguely it was the female Wonder Woman. I couldn't think which one. A uh, female Green Lantern. She gets the the <laughs> the kind of most shit um, pet, who's like this little squirrel. I, I think he talks, but he doesn't talk much. And um, he's got massive, like, he's massively anxious and his power is lightning, but he can't really control it. He's kind of useless. Like, he's not in it much. And 
at the end, all the Just League members get their pets, and she got him, and then I realised she was the Green Lantern with the anxiety issues. Um, is that correct, Rich? She's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which I remember from aeons ago, watching, reading in the comics. Like, that was her thing, wasn't it? Like she was always anxious kind of thing. Um, and they don't at, at all, like just out of interest for you... They don't at all play that into her character, but it's kind of like an in, in like an Easter egg or a fan service or whatever you want to call it that she gets the animal who's got that quality. Um, so I picked up on that for you, Rich. That was me doing a bit of deep deep, deep diving there on the Green Lantern lore for you, Rich. Waste um, of time, Dave. Well, I, you know, I do try, Rich. I try to. You know. I appreciate it, but it was a waste of time. <laughs> and then at the end, I knew you wouldn't be happy with this. They do. They cut to all the animals, like you know. Now they've you know got their powers because everyone gets powers. Like so, Ace has got powers. Crypto loses his power. The whole point of the story is Crypto is like the super dog, but he doesn't. He, he just loves Superman like totally one hundred percent. And uh, it even has the scene at the start where he's flying out of Krypton and he gets in the the you know the rocket ship. Um, and I wanted to ask you: Is is that did they retcon that in the comics? Like, does Crypto come with him in the rocket ship, or does he travel through space to him? Like, do you know that? Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I know that he came later. Yes. Yeah. No, um, I know. But like, when they but again, there's it. so many retcons that it's hard to remember which is the official story. Yeah. Well, um, in this one, he definitely jumps into the rocket ship, comes out of Jor-El's arms and, and leaps into the rocket ship at the last second, and Jor-El goes to get him, and then the mother, I don't, I don't know what her name is. Do you know what Superman's mother's name is? Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, she uh, says... It's, uh, it starts with an L. Uh, Laurel or something? Yeah, uh, Lara or something like okay. that. Okay, so she says, no, no, let him stay with the child, the baby, and so he then goes. So the point of the story is all the other pets get powers and Crypto's depowered and he has to learn how to sort of be friends with the animals and stuff, and, and then he gets his powers back at the end. So at the end, all the animals have powers um, and they all get placed with all the different um, Just Lee members and I forget who gets who. Obviously, Batman gets Ace, but um, there's a... I forgot what was... Oh, so there, there's a scene with the squirrel... And, he's, and he goes, it's going really well. She even put a ring on it. And he flashes a ring and he's a Green Lantern. And it says, and it does their name and it's Chip. And I thought Rich is going to hate that because I know that some alien raccoon looking kind of Green Lantern. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, now he's just a regular squirrel, Rich. Forget about interplanetary. Who gets the pig? The pig. Wonder Woman. The pig is a massive... <laughs> the pig... Is like a is like Wonder Woman's biggest fan. The pig is actually quite funny. Look, the the movie's not terrible. Like if you've got like a young niece or young kids, put it on, they'll probably enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like I'm being more critical than I need to be. It's 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 not terrible. But I've seen a few of these movies and it wasn't top tier. But yeah, the pig gets Wonder Woman. The pig's actually pretty good in the movie, to be honest. The pig's quite funny. Um, yeah, she gets Wonder Woman. Uh, she loves Wonder. She's like Wonder Woman's fan club or something. So yeah. So she's loving life, and she can't decide on a name. That's her, you know, thing. Like it's just so weird to me. Uh, Kevin Hart being the voice of Ace. the voice of Ace, mm, Batman. He's good. Kid. I just, He's yeah, good. I just can't. I can't. I, he I goes can't gruffer. He goes gruffer than you would expect. Actually, he's he's actually pretty good as Ace. Uh, oh, I will tell you this: he does not let the side down playing Ace. Ace is pretty good in the in the show. He's second only to Crypto. Crypto is definitely the star of the show, 
But Ace is kind of like the, you know, next in line. He's pretty good. Uh, uh, who voiced Crypto, actually? Was it Rock? That's The Rock. Yeah, see, I, I felt like they changed The Rock's voice. It, you know, I didn't... I don't know. It, the, the Rock did a good job as Crypto as well, but he didn't sound very Rock-like. And Kevin Hart sounded gruffer than I expect Kevin Hart to sound. Um, we watched a Kevin Hart movie the other night, Me Time, on Netflix, actually, which I enjoyed. I mean, Michelle said it was, like, pretty average, but I, I got a lot of laughs out of it, you know. Um, it's that kind of, like... It's a step up from Adam Sandler, but not that far a step up, if you know what I mean, in terms of that Netflix content. Like, so keep your expectations pretty low when I say it was okay. Because it was... I would not pay a dollar for it, you know, in terms of, like, going to a cinema for it. But sitting at home on the couch, I was like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it'll, it'll do the job, I guess. <laughs> well, sometimes that's all you... You know, when you just want to watch something and something. Oh, totally, you, yeah. But you just want you just want something on. Do you know what I mean? You're just like, fuck it, I'll just put that on because I don't feel like spending an hour yeah. cycling through to to find something. That actually happened to me the other night. I ended up watching um Marry Me. What's that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's the it's the Jennifer Lopez uh oh, yeah. uh oh, is it uh, Owen Wilson? Owen Wilson. I'm I sometimes get confused between Luke and Owen. I have to which one? Owen's, Owen's the, blonde. the blonde. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, that, and I was like, eh, it's it's a six out of ten. But again, I was just like, fuck, I just want to put something on. I just want to, yeah, yeah. you know, I just I, I'm not really paying attention. I just want something. I don't because sometimes I can spend like more time looking for something to watch sure. than actually watching something. Sure. Oh yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. You got to make the decision. I generally have a list in my head. But when I'm with Michelle, it's more of the search, you know, because you're looking for something, and, and me time was that thing. You're like, low stakes. You know, I like J-Lo, so, I mean, if Michelle was in a rom-com mood, well, i definitely watch J-Lo. I, I, I watch J-Lo in just about anything. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Yeah. yeah it was actually, actually pretty good. All right, so my official score will be 6, six out of 10. That's my honest score. For the kids, six point five. If you've got kids, it's 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 okay. Now we come to House of the Dragon, and I said to Michelle, House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings. What would you score them as? And I said I'd give uh, a seven to House of the Dragon and a six point five to Lord of the Rings so far. Rings of Power so far, and I think both will improve in scores. I I think both are solid. She said House of the Dragon. She'd probably she, she 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 I'd probably score each of them a point higher than you, but same feeling. Um, but she said she enjoys uh, House of the Dragon a bit more because it feels like it has a bit more action and story to it. Uh, a bit more, you're getting a bit more bang for your buck. Then she said, "Lord, the Rings of Power. It's slow, and she's enjoying it, but it's slow." I kind of feel the same. I feel like House of the Dragon. I, I it feels a bit more vital. There's a bit more blood pumping through the veins, and. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I certainly think the episode that just came out, I think it was episode four of House of the Dragon, was the strongest so far. Um, Matt Smith is really good. I like the king. I actually really like the cast of House of the Dragon. I think everyone's kind of pulling their weight. There's not really a weak link, which I think is really good. Like they've, I think they've sorted out a lot of the problems they had at the end of the Game of Thrones. Remember the last couple of Game of Thrones seasons were definitely not that well received by like large members of the fan base. 
I think they've sorted out quite a few issues, and and I feel as if it's pretty strong. Um, have you caught any of House of the Dragon, Rich? No. Why is that, Richard? No, You're on a mainstream Signal of Doom show. Well, uh, did I not give you a mission to watch this show? Did I tell you to? Mate, my my mission <laughs> is to is what? to not throw Annoying myself me? out the window with the shit that you make me watch. <laughs> Fine. But anyway, I've given my review. I'll continue giving my review. I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 so far, and I feel it will improve. Let's move to the second phase of the discussion, which is Rings of Power. Now, I want to give you the floor, because you've been quite vocal even before we started recording. Um, give us your interpretation of Rings of Power so far, including the most recent episode that you've just seen. Uh, it's hot garbage, man. It's <laughs> absolute hot garbage. Um, you just don't like it at you all. Talk about, uh, you talk about a slow pace. There is no pace. It's fucking dead. It, it like, is slow. It is it's slow. been three three hours and literally nothing has. The hobbits are still fucking mewing on about moving after three hours. It's like they're stuck in a time loop. Um, <laughs> yeah, they haven't you know, gone too far, have they? They got down the trail like a little tiny bit. Mate, whenever those hobbits come on, I literally want to switch off. Like, yeah, they do. The, the, the problem I have with the show is whenever um, Galadriel's on, I want to switch off. Whenever the hobbits are on, I want to switch. Like, I just can't stand. I can't stand them. Like, yeah, I cannot reconcile this Galadriel with the movie Galadriel. Like with Kate Blanchett. Like Kate Blanchett's Galadriel is is regal and 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 beautiful and uh, mm. like powerful, but in a in a in a the way she holds herself, powerful. Yeah. Um, she's also fucking tall. Like she's actually taller than Gandalf. <laughs> This short little shit is nothing but like angry and piss and vinegar with every single person she meets. Now, I'm sorry. I don't know how you think that is a interesting, relatable character that people want to follow. I don't mind her getting angry with, with people occasionally. Sure. But every person she meets... She is quite bitchy. She's is that what you're fucking talking about? angry like, with every single one of them. She's grumpy. Like she's every grumpy. person she meets. In fact, um, oh shit, I've got to remember his name. Is Hildur's father? I don't know what his name is actually, but um, I know the guy you mean. You, the, the sailor who fished her out of the. Yeah, sea. yeah. Who's yeah. Isildur's father? I mean, she basically threatens to stab him. Mm. You know, and and he's been nothing but nice to her. He yeah. has been like, yeah, the only person that has actually been nice and polite to her. Right, and to be fair, most people are not polite to her because how she talks to them, which sure. I don't blame them. Yeah, but I mean, this this man has the patience of a bloody saint, you know, uh, to 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 talk the way he does. I'm sorry, she's. I don't want to watch her. I just I get so tired of of her angry face the whole time. It's really yeah. it's off putting, and not only is she either pulling an angry face again. Open your goddamn mouth when you talk, man. I kept looking at that since you said that, and you are right. She holds her her sort of lips right down over her teeth all the time. It's um, annoying. Yeah, well, once you mentioned it, it to it's me, hard to not yeah. notice it. Well, you mentioned it to me. Look, I will say this. The deeper we go into the show, the more I feel like I'm seeing the flaws in her acting. You know, like mm. she's not a great actress. To be uh, fair, yeah. the show doesn't really have any great actors yet. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, 
I, I don't think as you when you said like in House of Dragons, everyone's pulling their weight. I don't feel like people are pulling their weight in the show. No, well, I, I feel like you know, I feel it's, Elrond it's like was it's like Elrond they went to was, the local yeah um, amateur fucking thing and said, "Come, we're doing a show. We're doing a show. Um, we can't know. afford to pay anyone." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're pulling this um, out of the local theater troupe. Um, yeah, um, but it, it, it just the writing is so poor, though. Like, I just how. You can have a room full of writers, and you you can't come close to one man. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. it just shows you how while we might be technologically more advanced than people from the past, we're definitely not better than people from the past. Like, oh yeah, there's, no. there's just something now that's missing. Oh, well, Tolkien was a far better writer than anyone on the staff of Rings of Power, for you know, sure. I mean, the dialogue is terrible. The 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 plot points are terrible. Like, okay. Why, okay, if you have a secret map, mm. why are you carving it onto the, her brother, the elf body? If it's a secret Re map, remind you're me not what a happened. serial killer that wants to get caught <laughs> and he's taunting the police. Why are you fucking carving your secret map on his dead body? I don't know. I, I could not tell you the answer to that question. Um, yeah, and oh my god! And again, uh, this show, and this is why I watched the Hobbit, right? Yeah. Uh, or I rewatched the first uh, Hobbit movie. They've they've learned they had two trilogies to choose from. Yeah, and they decided let's go the Hobbit route because the action in this is so over the top, like the the Hobbit is. There's people flying in slow motion and doing Jackie Chan kung fu flicks and. <laughs> You know, fighting with chains and stuff and all that. And I'm just like, no, this is no. You you've you you've learnt the wrong lessons. Yeah. Like you know, it started with the Galadriel like jumping off this fucking sword in the first uh, episode, but in this one, you, you've you've just got more, what is it? Do they think that the elves like have no gravity? They can just like fly through the air doing shit that like. Uh, are you talking about the fight with the orcs when they're doing bouncing off the tree and stuff or all yeah, that shit? Bouncing off the chains or jump, you know, flippity flopping like they're in the Cirque du Soleil and crap. And I'm just like, just give, just do proper fighting, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think they're trying to make it seem like the elves are oh. like super fast. Am I supposed know? to care about these people's deaths? Is, is that why I'm getting slow-mo deaths for people who I don't even know their name? Yeah. And, agree, and have had five minutes with them? Am I supposed to care with, for them? People like, who I'm Oromia? not even sure who they are. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the, the one guy, and they're like, oh, no, no. It's a slow music. They're like, oh, no. And I'm like, who the fuck is he? I don't know who he is. Why, why is he getting a slow-mo death? I don't know who he is. Yeah, I agree. Who I'm is? A, I tell you what I am feeling. I'm feeling annoyance. <laughs> so you brought up a good point. We had lunch the other day. It was nice to have lunch, actually. And you brought up a good point about the orcs in the sunlight. They're very terrified of sunlight no, in no, in this show. No, so what what baffled me, and I, and I asked you to, and I asked you to talk better than me, is yeah. since when did sunlight burn uh, the orcs like like they're vampires? Like I can understand they're creatures of dark, they they're evil creatures. They don't like the sunlight. Mm. They don't like light. But I've never known of them, them to burn like vampires in sunlight. I, it, that's something new for the show that's never, ever been. Well, okay. So having They're not read, a very good army if they can't fight in the sunlight. Well, having read a lot of Tolkien, like almost all of Tolkien, but a long time ago, I do... I mean, we're talking about Tolkien law here rather than Rings of Power law. In the, in the stuff of 
the Lord of the Rings uh, in the appendices and in the uh, sort of the stuff from the first age, I seem to recall they did have uh, some sort of problem with light, but I don't remember it being as bad as this. Um, and in the films, uh, and I, so I'm looking at a thing here. So it says this is a news article from Screen Rant. The orcs in the Rings of Power seem to have a more prominent distaste for sunlight than those in Lord of the Rings, which I agree. In the Rings of Power third episode, they are almost burned when in direct contact with sunlight, shielding themselves with cloaks on hoods and a makeshift roof they've built over the entrance to their tunnel system. See, I don't remember, in the movies, I do not recall it being that bad, you know? Um, it wasn't even that bad in The Hobbit. Yes, um, so... The Hobbit, they ran around in sunlight. Definitely the Urukai, which were the ones that Sauron created definitely can operate in sunlight. If you recall in Fellowship of the Ring, remember? The the orcs that... No, are... the, the Urukai and the orcs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, during the siege of Osgoliath, the orcs and all the rings also operate in the daytime, although due to Osgoliath's proximity to Mordor, the sun is blocked behind a veil of clouds and pollution, which is what I think Tolkien did a lot of as well when you... You, you know... But am I right in saying, Rich... In the Hobbit, in the Battle of the Five Armies, is not one of the armies orcs? Or, uh, yes. No, the orcs are, are prominent in all three movies. Yes. And they yeah. chase them down in sunlight as well as night. Like, That's what I'm saying. They don't, yeah, have, so, yeah. they don't have any problem with the sunlight. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, I believe in the Hobbit especially, there were scenes where like orcs and goblins operating in daylight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... No, cloud, cloudless daylight, yes. What I would like to know um, is it is said... Here we go. So it should be noted that orcs and other creatures de devised by Morgoth do not detest all sources of light. In every version of Tolkien's Legendarium, which I assume is like the Tolkien world, orcs are seen wielding fires, both weaponry and torches to see by. It seems that only the pure light of the sun reminisced of the light of Valinor that... Morgoth detested so much that truly harms or incapacitates them. Um, though the orcs' distaste for sunlight is far more prominent in Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, than in any other Middle-earth adaption so far, this plot device undoubtedly has its origins in Tolkien's Legendarium. But I don't feel there is a ton of evidence in Tolkien's writings that the thing with the sunlight is so bad. But, you see, but this is my point. Like, what I've noticed is there's a lot of articles now mm. that are doing mental gymnastics yeah. to try and uh, give a reason why the uh, the uh, rings of power is the way that it is or right. what the, the changes that they've made. Because as I said, like, in both The Hobbit and in Lord of the Rings... Uh. Yes, when like Gandalf, you know, does the bright light and they're all blinded and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But I mean, an army that can't fight in daylight is a pretty useless army. I mean, if you can only wage war at night, I well... do. I do. No, I. I will slightly support something here. I do think they prefer. No, of course they prefer. But I'm just saying they, they can't stuff. be. They cannot be burning and being incapacitated yeah, by sunlight. That, that because I've then never they heard. are useless army. But I mean, what I'm. I mean, we're asking these questions like there's no fucking answer. In the in the in the Cimmerillion and in all the related First Age material, I'm confident that the orcs were used all the time by Morgoth, and I'm and I'm confident that they but, were not always fighting at night. I'm, I'm confident, no. you know. So, 
And like, aren't, yeah. aren't orcs like um, um, uh, converted like or fallen elves? It's a little. A lot of them? It's a little uh, complicated because Tolkien didn't super say, but yes, originally they are corrupted, sort of tortured, weirdly. You know, something's gone wrong. But he didn't go into a ton of detail about it. Like they're sort of like elves that have been massively broken and their DNA has been spliced or something. Like it's, it's really, it's kind of like Morgoth took and ruined some elves and it created the orcs basically. Well, it looks like uh, these orcs are definitely being led by an elf. Yeah, that's interesting. But see, that's not in Tolkien. Like that's not in Tolkien. Like yeah, in, in, because when yeah. they, when they try to do their escape. Yeah. Um, and uh, they all die except for the one. Yeah. They say, bring him to so-and-so, and then uh, you, you don't see the character, but you can see him from the back, and he clearly has elf ears. And Which is interesting. He's, and so I don't hate that, though. Be, you know? Yeah, well, we'll see. But um, it was just something I thought, I was just like, what? why? I mean, again, I don't mind them. They're creatures of darkness. I don't mind them saying, like the and But the whole, like, oh, no, we're burning like we're vampires. I'm like, yeah. Why would you do something stupid? No, yeah, like that? See, oh, that I don't like. That I don't. How like. bad was the CGI of that warg? Pretty bad. Yeah. That warg looked retarded. I, I said he looked like a hyena. <laughs> uh, like yeah. he came out like he was like the hyenas in Lion King. Yeah, <laughs> or the one with the crazy googly eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, well, yeah. I was like, well, we haven't seen this guy in a while. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I've expected the walk to be like, that's exactly who I thought of when, when that little guy came out and it looked terrible. Now, I will say this um, I, I can't stand the storyline. I, I look, the Tolkien fan in me hates the bits that are just completely made out of cloth with this show, Which like is most of the show. I know, I know, and but you know, like. I'm, I'm like, the, you're right. The Hobbit storyline is moving at the pace of a very slow snail. Um. <laughs> and, and one thing about the Hobbits, which again, and this is why I, I can't stand the writing, okay? I just, I can't stand the writing. The Hobbits are going out about like, you know, um, no one leaves the trail, no one gets left yeah. behind. And then they just leave people And then behind. they go, you've got to be left behind. Yeah. What it's the a, fuck you just yeah, said? He, he even says, we no don't one even, gets left behind. At one point, Lenny Henry says, no one gets left behind. And then he references people that are left behind. Exactly. I'm <laughs> like, what are you doing? Do, do you like, writers not understand what you're writing? Or are you some, like, fucking corrupt politician, like the tricky dicky of the Hobbit world, which is, like, you know, into, like, distort the truth? Because he's like, no one gets left behind. And let's remember those who've been left behind. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> Say again? Like, no one gets left behind. And then they, he goes to, like, oh, by the way, I hate that. From the Hobbit, that's his. That's the name Nori. But anyway, um, I love when he's like, "No one gets left behind. You're you're going to be left behind as punishment." It's like you just, yeah, you yeah. just said no one gets left behind. Yeah, that that is, I which I, is it? I agree with you. That is odd, and it makes no sense. And look, it's the writing is is weak. You know, weak is probably. I think the in general. The cinematography and the set pieces, uh, like Numenor, you're talking to someone here. You know how much I love Numenor, Rich. How many times talking about this show have I brought up Numenor? I loved seeing Numenor. Um, that was big for me in terms of like the the Tolkien fan of me that read everything in Unfinished Tales and all the stuff about Numenor 
when I saw the statues and I knew where they were going, and I said to Michelle, this is Numenor, this is Numenor. And she said, it's very Venetian. I said, yeah, it is. And I like that choice. And I, and I, and I love that part of the storyline. That, see, that's what uh, saved this episode for me. Look, but that's why I said the problem is, is like, yes, a lot of the set pieces and when they do their broad shots and all that looks really nice, right? I, I don't have an issue with that. Like, I wish it yeah. wasn't as colourful and looked a bit more natural than... Like that but is it's like an CGI. empire at the peak, man. Hmm? It's like an empire at its peak. No, you know I mean? know. But what I'm saying is that, like, I just feel like um, there's too much color. Like, yeah, I don't mind that. Too much, when it's too much color, like, the, like the, the colors are oversaturated. They over... It, it just fe- it doesn't feel real. It feels like a CGI. I just right. wish they would go for a more natural light or a natural color so that it looks like the real world. But they're trying like to do like the glory of the real world, but yeah. real still nonetheless. But mm. fuck me, did I roll my eyes with the, the sea is always right. The sea never lies. I was like, oh, Jesus, what the hell? What was that from? I do. I, it's I, the, 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 the boat people when they, they, they go, they sail and then they finally come to shore and then they all have to stop and pray to the sea. And, right. and then what there is, the sea is always right. The sea never lies. And I'm just like, right. Oh, this writing is terrible. It, I, yeah. I feel like this show is trying to emulate Game of Thrones instead of Lord of the Rings. Like oh, the yeah. dialogue I mean, with yeah. with some of the, the stuff and the dialogue. I feel like it's it's it they just don't know how to write Tolkien. They don't know how to make characters sound Tolkien. No, they look they don't. I mean the the writing's not strong, like I'll be honest. The writing is a weakness in this show, and that's a concern. When really they're just spitting shit up, <laughs> you know, like they they don't have that strong a connective thread. Now I've got something um, to discuss. So when the guy rescued her, and he and I, I Albert. like. I oh, like. You're talking about the when the when the um, when the Isildur's father, okay, yeah. rescued them, and I enjoyed the stuff. He came from the section that was very friendly with the elves before, but I was so. Uh, puzzled that that his son is Isildur because Isildur is the guy who chops off Sauron's hand and takes the ring, which is Isildur's bane. Now, I'm just trying to place that in terms of the context of the storyline. Is that... Well, that has to happen in the next 20 years. Yeah. uh, 20 years, depending on, I guess, how how humans age in this. Because, I mean, the son's probably, what, 18... Uh, 18, 19, round about that age. Yeah, yeah. And so let's say, okay, let's say he's 40, 45 maybe is what he looks like in The Lord of the Rings. So you got about 30 years. It can only be about 30 years. Well, um, okay, let's have a look here. So this, we're going to Tolkien's. This is, so this is Tolkien stuff, okay? Uh, Isildur is a fictional character in J.R.R. Tolkien's Middle Earth. Uh, the elder son of Elendil, descended from Elrond. Yeah, descended from Elros, the founder of the island kingdom of Numenor. He fled with his father when the city, when the island was drowned, becoming in his turn king of Arna and Gondor. He cut the ring from Sauron's hand, but instead of destroying it, it was corrupted by its power and claimed it for its own. Okay, so no, that makes more sense. So he he did because I wasn't sure. Well, that, the, the Queen of Numenor does say that if when an elf comes to their shores, she brings doom. And right. If the if Numenor is supposed to sink, believe below the waves now, like Atlantis. Well, that must be maybe what the doom she's talking about. Which it is, yeah. Well, so what, what I didn't realize, I what I didn't 
kind of realise or had forgotten was that Isildur was actually born in Numenor. I thought he was a king of Gondor after they'd been established for some period. Um, but, okay, so that makes more sense. So this is really the last days of Numenor then. Like, it's, which is... Well, it must, again, it must be, um, yeah. you know, and even if they want to say, oh, people live a bit longer, well, it's got to be within, as I said, 40 to 50 years maximum. Also, maybe live a bit longer. where is our Fazeron? Because he was the big king of Numenor who goes and captures Oh, they Sauron. said that he got uh, booted out. He got, like, exiled from his own kingdom for, for um, not wanting to um, be an elf hater, I think. Is right. What they said. But hilariously, do you realise in Tolkien's law, he is actually the seed of the destruction himself because he's the one who goes over, forms a huge alliance with... Um, the peoples of Middle Earth and defeats Sauron, captures him and brings him back to Numenor. He so and he is then the one who invades Valinor because uh, he gets really vainglorious. He's like well, they're clear, of, well, they're clearly not doing that because uh, uh, Sauron's already there. Where is Sauron? It's got to be Halbrid. So who? Um, the, the 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 guy that was on the raft with her. What's his name? Halbrid. Oh, you're saying Halbrid. he's Sauron? Well, really? Don't you think it's a bit weird that he wants to be a smithy? I don't know. I, I and like when he gets to Numenor, the, the 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 first thing he wants to do is get a job as a smith, as a blacksmith. I thought um, he just wanted a job. What does what does Sauron want to do? He wants to create the rings. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I mean, again, you have to remember you, and this is why I think it's probably easier for me, even though I hate the show. <laughs> it's easier for me to watch it because I don't have any attachment to it. Any history. I'm not pulling on any history. Yeah. So when you're thinking about it, you're thinking about, oh, when is this going to happen from the law that I know? Yeah. But it's not the law that you know. They are telling Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. No, I get yeah. that. I get that. Yeah. yeah. They, they might have the plot points of like, okay, well, Numenor has to be destroyed, blah, blah, blah. But it's going to be a completely different way or a new way or, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, no, he's not captured. He came there somehow with, um, with Galadriel, and you know, like it, it's you. You're gonna have to just be like, I have to wait and see what you're gonna have to just roll with it. Yeah, no, I get that. I get, look, look. I was, I get that, and I was excited though to see Numenor, and I felt that they, it was, it looked beautiful. It did look a little bit like in Assassin's Creed when you're on the on one of the viewpoints and you gaze around and get the par- panoramic view, you know. It had that feel of kind of unreality to it. You know, when you get to the top of the pyramids, or you know, the and you can, it's like the eagle viewpoint or whatever it's called, where you, and you you hit the wide button and you it goes around, um, the wide camera shot. That is how Numenor, Numenor looked, and I did love Numenor, and Numenor has always been huge to me. So that was the bright part of the show, um, and I did like the actor playing Isildur's father. Uh, but he's probably the the um, and again he's I wouldn't say he's acting strong. He's definitely the most likable character in the yeah uh, the show. Well, Elrond's not terrible. I mean, no, he's okay. I don't have I don't have an issue with Elrond, but we haven't seen Elrond for a while. But uh, recently, uh, yeah, he's probably the most likable. Yeah, uh, in this episode, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Oh, and I was not a fan of the the gratuitous um, um, action scene of uh, uh, Hal- Halbred, Halbred um, uh, snapping people's arms and and stuff and all that. I thought that's a bit too. When was um, this? 
So you know when he steals the guy's coin? Yes. Um, yes. Smithing coin, and then they, they confront him in an alleyway. And he beats the shit out of them and he takes the one guy's arm and he snaps it across the wall and the and you see the bone. And I was just like, I I I don't think that um I don't think that's the tone uh <laughs> that uh, you should be going for Lord of the Rings. That just seems like a Witcher or Game of Thrones. Yeah, but vibe. it's the same genre, man. It's that's who they're competing against. You know, they've got to play in that yeah, same. I know, but bit. you also gotta set you here's the thing, you don't set yourself apart by copying them. You set yourself apart by being different. Like I don't. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't mind me beating the shit out of them. You know. It's... Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Rich. Basically, you're, you're you're saying it was a bit too graphic for a Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, we've not seen that in any of the six movies. Like, yes, there is violence and stuff, but it's not. It's not like gratuitous. Like, you know. Yeah. Bones snapping, bones jutting, like. I don't know. As I said, I, if you if you want to be different, be different. Don't try and copy something sure. because then you're not you don't have your own voice, your own identity. I think that they're trying to go a, a more P- PG route of like Game of Thrones. Like they'll never go as far as that, but it's like that dialed down a bit, you know. Like, yeah, as I said, I don't know. When when I just saw the guys snap and the 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 arm goes, you know, like the arm goes bending and you see the bone, I was just like, ah, I think that's a bit gratuitous for Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough. So I'm giving it a 6 out of 10 so far. Um, I think it's got promise, but I do think it has problems. And the writing is a weakness. You know, I think writing is a weakness. Some of the acting's weak as well, frankly. I don't think much of The Black Elf. I don't think much of Galadriel. Uh, I, I thought at first I liked her, but now I can't stop seeing the way she doesn't show her teeth. And there's something about her that's very... It's almost conniving. It's off-putting. There's yeah. something off-putting about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Uh, like, So the acting in general, I don't feel is strong. Like, in general, across the board, I don't feel it's... Like, funnily enough, I'm not his biggest fan, but I think Lenny Henry's doing a decent job with a very mediocre role. Extremely mediocre, but at least he's turning in a professional job. Um, the two young hobbits are annoying. In fact, the whole hobbit storyline, I wish it didn't exist because it is just boring. You know, mm. it is dull. And the way they're introducing the wizard, it almost couldn't be duller. Like, it's like, oh my God, like, you're not doing anything with this wizard. You are just making it so slow. Um, so, it, yeah, it, the, 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 the hobbit comedy is painful. It is. No, it is. It's, it's, and I always felt it would be. I'm not even surprised by that. Them trying to insert the Hobbits in, I'm like, the, the Hobbits didn't do jack shit, you know, back then. Like, nothing. So, well, you know. I, I, I heard someone say, which is pretty accurate, this show is all about member berries, which yep. basically means, remember this, remember this, yep. Yep. remember this, you like this, remember this, remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it'll be Gandalf, the wizard? Well, it, it, I mean, I'm assuming it can only be Gandalf or, or uh, Sauron. Uh, uh, Saruman. Saruman, sorry, yeah. Saruman. Could be Radagast. Could be Radagast. I don't think so. <laughs> um, like, Probably. you know, because Radagast was always more quiet and... Well, he was all about nature. Uh, more more nature and all that. Um, look, the, the, they definitely want you to think it's Gandalf because they had him talking to the bugs and then when he gets angry, you know, how, like, the forest bears yeah, yeah, and yeah. things got dark and, and Gandalf has done that in the movies. Yeah. So, I mean, but that m- makes me think that it's not Gandalf. Because yeah, I agree, yeah. yeah. They, they want you to think that it's Gandalf. Bit of and misdirection. This shows, Bit of misdirection. This show seems to be like they want to have a, a couple of 
reveals like, ooh, what a twist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, you know, but again, I think people already have uh, predicted the Halbred twist. And as I said, you leaning too much into this being Gandalf without saying that it's Gandalf, that I don't believe it is Gandalf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough, man. Um, yeah, decent points, though. Good points, man. Strong points. Uh, out of 10, what are you giving it, Rich? I'm giving it a six so far. Uh, four out of 10. How much? Four. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Uh, now, we do have a Werewolf by Night show coming October 7. From my research, Richard, I think this is going to be a one-off special. Uh, uh, and is it animated or is it live action, Rich? You had some it details? Is. It's live action. I saw a bit of the trailer and it looked very cheap. Looked cheap? Cheap. Like low budget? Yeah. Really? Like, um, like it was all filmed in front of a green screen. <laughs> really? Yeah, because they've done it in black. Oh, what I said to you is that it 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 looks to me like uh, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, where just okay. everything behind them looks fake. Well, the whole that that whole movie was CGI. Yeah, and that's what think. this looks like as well, because it's black and white, and it just looks like everything looks super fake. Do you see the werewolf in 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 all your? No, they you see snippets and like. Right, you know, off camera stuff, so they haven't yeah. shown anything. Well, I'm going to watch it because I I enjoy a bit of Werewolf by Night, so I'll check it out. Is it Native American? Are they going that route with it? No. Oh, it look like it now. Oh, really? I'm Are you a bit noir? Yeah. Why wouldn't they have gone Native American? That's the big thing they've done recently with Werewolf by Night. Oh, because they said I don't know, Dave. Well, don't you remember um, what's his name? That that rapper Taboo. He's like massive into it. He loves Werewolf by Night. Oh, good for him. Maybe he should produce something. Maybe he should have been fucking Werewolf by Night. What about that? Throw in Taboo. There's a bit of name recognition for you from the Black Eyed Peas from like ten years ago. Yeah, sounds awful. Yeah, but what they're doing probably is going to be awful too. So you know, yeah. like think of, think of it that way, Rich. Like, yeah, I agree. Well, I guess they just wanted to be like le- awful, but less awful. <laughs> what have you got against Taboo? You know I like Taboo. You don't you? You know that. I, I just assumed that he probably can't act to save his life. Well, he can join the club. Of a I mean, I'm sorry. Life. I've never seen him in anything. So He, he did a bit I of rapping at that. that he has ju- no idea how to act. What about when he started rapping at the G.I. Joe panel? Oh, my God. What great acting <laughs> you did there, Dave. Well. It's similar to acting. He he broke out some <laughs> he broke out some raps, man. He broke out some raps. He was telling a story. Oh goodness me! He was rapping about the Native American plight. You know, good for him, Dave. I'm just all I'm saying is, like you know, everyone's like, "Oh, you're crazy, Dave. What are you thinking? You're nuts." And I'm like, "No, I'm not nuts. Like, take another look. Take, it's oh, not too late. Nuts, it's not too late for taboo." <laughs> That ship has sailed, buddy. <laughs> oh, I'm so frustrated. I thought it was going to be like Native American, and it's not. It's just something really shit. Um, okay, but the Moon Knight Riders are on Moon Knight, which a show that I really struggled with, frankly. Moon Knight, I really, I, I did not have a oh, good... By the way, I haven't watched it, but they've dropped a uh, Secret Invasion trailer. Really? Yeah. The um, Nick Fury uh, show, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's that's a bit more entertaining, Rich. I'm starting to perk up with that news. When's that coming out, Rich? You can give us your impressions next week, then, if you remember to watch. Is it is it coming out next week? No, the trailer's 
dropped already. Oh, I see. Right, right. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying it's about, two, it's about two minutes long. I think. All right, I'll I will give that a watch for next week. I, I don't know why, Richard, you didn't alert me to this news before the show, so I could have watched the. the I just saw it. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess. Fair well, and to be fair, when I looked up the <laughs> before the show, uh, I looked up mm. the uh, Werewolf by Night, mm. um, and then when I was watching the trailer, then the next recommended trailer was the um, okay. TV. Well, it's not coming out until twenty twenty three anyway, so we've got plenty of time for Secret Invasion. So it's not yeah, but we know how you like getting super excited and overhyped and claiming something's going to be the best thing ever. Well, this show, so, by the way, that's why they dropped it earlier, a year early for you to get super hyped for it. They, this show's got has it got. Yeah, Kobe Smulders in it, and it's got Samuel L. and Ben Mendelsohn. I'm kind of down for this. It's starting to sound pretty good. It's starting to sound real good. Best thing ever, hey? Maybe. Greatest show ever. It's not going to be The Fugitive, but um, could be good. Uh, okay, so then we had She-Hulk. You're off this show, aren't you? You're not even watching it. You're, you're, you're not even... It was more than enough. Yeah. One episode was way yeah, more. Yeah, it's done for you. Enough. Look... I don't mind it. it. You have to embrace, you have to, or at least accept it's kind of crazy. Like it's, one thing I'll say is it passes very quickly and sometimes I'm like, wow, that that, that show, what, what was a show really felt like what would be the intro for a normal show. Like it doesn't have a lot of meat on its bones. I don't mind it. It It is skimpy on actual meat of story. It is amusing. Um... And it's okay. Like I don't. Yeah. I, it's certainly not I, my. I, I completely disagree with you. It is unfunny. Well, I I don't mind it. I I'm not. I'm not. It's, bl- not, it's, not, it's it. not. not funny. It's unfunny. Right. You just don't like it though. No, it's it's terrible. Is it the whole girl power thing what's driving you crazy about it? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. God, I can't stand the characters in it, man. Her assistant is fucking annoying. She's annoying. It's, wow, Jesus. Like, I'm like, hey, well, I mean, if this is what women want, good luck to you. Enjoy it. Knock yourselves out. I can't stand it. It's not funny at all. <laughs> I, I don't mind the bearded guy who hangs out with the assistant. Though. Look, it's it's not that good. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not that good. But But in terms of Marvel shows, many of which have been mediocre as time has gone on, I consider it I, my favorite of the Marvel shows, and I'm not including Netflix. I'm talking purely about Marvel Disney Plus shows. Is probably Loki, uh, and this is probably the next one. I and and by some distance, I I really enjoyed Loki. I'd give this a six and a half out of ten. I don't mind watching it. Um, I, I do find it slightly amusing, and it's okay. I don't think she's fantastic. Like I think the the well, I guess it's special effects, isn't it? It's not makeup. Um, is very average on She Hulk. Very average and uh, almost embarrassingly average, considering it's a Disney product. They could have made her look. She looks so fake, you know. Like it looks like I'm watching a cut scene from like a video game of like t- 2015, you know. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's, it's definitely a PS3. Uh, yeah, cutscene, it, and and it takes me out of it, uh, and that's consistent, and that is on Disney, that is on them. They have the money, they just don't allocate the money, and I think it it it, it reflects poorly on them that their lead character looks so bad. Uh, but the humor of the show, I don't mind. You know what? You you know me. I don't but mind here's this kind thing, of humor. Dave. Like, but but this is why I think. See, here's the thing. 
yes, maybe it's TV, you know, it's TV budget. It's not a, you know, a movie. Mm. I don't care if she doesn't look super great. Mm. If your writing was better. If, mm. if I cared about your character, if I found her compelling, interesting, mm. like, then I wouldn't care. Then I could be like, okay, great. It doesn't look good. That part of my brain can now switch off and mm. I'll just enjoy the show. Yeah. But it's when you add that on top of the fact that I hate the, you know what I mean? Like, I literally hate the character, this, this mm. version of her, this character, mm. then there's no ways I can get past how awful it looks. Yeah. No, yeah, it's a you good know? point. Yeah. Decent point. Decent point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I don't love it to death or anything. Like, I'm doing I, mean, it- I saw a snippet where they're sitting in a bar and mm. this, like, nervous, average-looking guy comes over and he's mm. all, like, you know, trying to, oh, can I buy you a drink? But he's doing it very poorly because you can tell that he's nervous and, mm. he, 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 you know, he's not a ladies' man kind of thing and all that. Mm. And they, and when they're like, no, go away, she goes, see, that's what I mean. And she goes, oh, not everyone's gross like that guy. And I was like, wow just an average fucking guy is gross like this is that's your mentality of what a gross guy is just a a regular average looking guy yeah who's trying to buy you a drink that's gross well jesus christ well then your standards are like so bloody high that most men will not meet it oh yeah that was that was probably one of the weakest scenes in the in that episode frankly i i thought that scene made my eyes almost roll out of my head you know, um, if, if I can be honest. But I, I liked other bits of it. Also, just in terms of fun parts, we saw Daredevil's new helmet, uh, which the fashion designer, costume designer for superheroes, you saw the helmet, and then he put it in a box, um, So, which is the golden helmet, like for the sort of gold, um, sort of golden yellow. Oh, I guess gold is the same as yellow, but like like red and yellow. Well, they're going for the red and yellow uh, costume. Yes, yeah, I'm like gold and yellow. Then I'm like, I don't know, I don't know why. Well, why not? Bit well, of fun. I guess they're really trying to make it's a Disney property now. Well, it's just a bit of fun, <laughs> Rich. Got to be colourful. A... <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's this is so not your kind of cup of tea, though. You know what I mean? Like, you would. I can't imagine a. Like, if the multiverse was a real thing, I can't imagine a universe where you would like this show, basically. You know? It's just not your thing. I, I don't no, love it no, either. No. Mate, you got to... Gotta, I haven't seen it, but uh, I've heard <laughs> that there's an episode where she's literally twerking with... Um, Megan the Stallion. Uh, Megan the Stallion. And I was just like, oh, thank God I'm not watching the show. Yeah. That isn't a strong scene. <laughs> that's, a, that's a scene you regret being alive to see. You know, that's the scene where you're like, can I be anywhere else other than here? But again, but but this is Marvel now, man. This, yeah, I know. This is Marvel. Yep. Uh, it's Marvel. It sucks. Um, you know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, It's like, yeah, we they went there and it sucked. And a few <laughs> people online fucking, you know, masturbated themselves like watching it. But other than those few people... Most sane people were like, that's lame. <laughs> that's really bad. Like, you know, why? Why? Why are we having to watch this? But, yeah, no, that was a good point, Rich. Um, look, I'm giving it a 6.5 out of 10 so far. I th- I would say your score might be a 0 or a 0.5, Rich, frankly. You know? Uh, 0, no. You got it right the first time. Yeah, okay. Um, you've got some Scott Bakula news, Quantum Leap news. Michelle, massive Quantum Leap fan. And shout out 
to Aaron, actually, who runs the G.I. Joe uh, American Headcast. He is a huge Quantum Leap fan and I believe has a Quantum Leap podcast that you should check out on the Great Headcast. Show. Yeah, I know you're a big fan too. You see, everyone... I'm not. I, I, know, I never liked it. I, know, I almost... I, I, to be fair, I didn't watch it, so I don't even know. But I know you're a huge fan. I know Aaron's a huge fan. I know Michelle's a huge fan, as is her mother. What's the news on the Quantum Leap? Reboot. So he's come out because uh, obviously everyone's been asking him, "Are you going to be in the new show? Are you going to be in the new show? Are you, is got, he? Are you playing is the he? part?" And he, and he has confirmed he will not be involved in really? Quantum Leap reboot at all, but wishes them the best of luck. Really? Wow! So he's not 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 at all. Huh. I don't know if he actually has any faith in it because he tweeted them saying, "I just don't know how you can do a show without like his character and then also the um." The the uh, Dean um, yeah Dean uh, Stockwell or whatever uh, Stock Stockholm Stockman I thought it was no. Stockwell but I I don't remember yeah oh yeah Stockwell sorry yeah you're yeah. right Stockwell sorry it's been a while since I've actually thought of that guy because um, he passed away I think in 2020, 2021, something right um, and so he said we're not sure how you do a show without those two characters but we'll find out I guess and so I kind of feel like it doesn't sound like you have a lot of <laughs> faith in the show well it's a uh, weird decision that... in any way behind or in front right. of the camera he's 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 out he's completely out wow I wonder why I, I thought he was the big well they sent him a, I, I think they sent him a script and yeah. if you if you sent Scott Bakula a script and he's like ah, I don't want to be involved I don't think I have he's probably like, oh, this sounds terrible. I don't want this to This stinks, this. yeah. He's just like, this looks like it's going to suck. But again, hard. I've got to say the right things, you know. Oh, I wish you all the best of luck and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like, he's clearly gotten a copy. He got. He said he got a copy of the script. Right. Because um, they, they did approach him and he's clearly turned it down. So yeah. I, he must have been like, no, thank you. Which is his right. Like, I mean, at the end of yeah, the day, yeah. you know, he, can, he doesn't have, he's not, I mean, he's had a pretty successful career. I don't, you know, he's probably not hurting for cash. So, but I'm surprised they didn't, kind of get him involved at some level like well they they tried but yeah i just think he has zero interest in in being yeah. associated or or participate not to be associated but participating in the region. yeah yeah i mean and the the thing is he's probably i i guarantee you he's not desperate you know what i mean like there's a lot of stars well, clearly not. otherwise he would have gone yeah i've got to swallow my pride and do it yeah don't take the paycheck take the paycheck take the paycheck but yeah, interesting. I look. I, I'm going to give it a go. Are you going to give it a go? Like just out of interest for the show? Like how how bad can it possibly be? We I will give you try. again. I will give you one episode out of. No, you've got to give me your no, no, no. minimum you're... minimum, <laughs> not maximum minimum. If it turns out to be actually good, you've, I'll continue. You've got to but give it like to the She-Hulk. If I watch that first episode and it's a garbage fire. I, I I respect myself too much, Dave. But I think you need to give it you two know. to three, considering no, Quantum Leap no, was your thing, man. Come no, on. No, I told you. Hey, listen, I told you. We've had this discussion early in the show. Have you? It is your responsibility to grab me by the first episode because there's many other things I can watch. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> come on, Rich. For the show, you're the Quantum no, Leap guy, not me. Yeah, but, again, I will give it one. And if it's even remotely interesting or you know, possibly has potential, Yeah, I will continue. If right. I watch that first episode and it's an actual garbage fire... That's fair enough, yeah. I will not watch anymore. All right, so when is it coming anyway? Is it soon? Uh, I think it's next year sometime. Oh, I thought it was like next week. Oh, right, so it's, it's not for some time. Yeah, because I think it got delayed. Um, oh, I th see, I th oh, sorry, I thought it was about to come out, and I was like... Yeah, okay. No, because everyone's been asking him, uh, 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 
you know, he's been pestered a lot with people like, um, uh, are you going to be on the show? Are you going to be on the show? And all that sort of stuff. So, well, it's what made him as an actor, wasn't it? Well, like, it could be coming at the end of the year. Let me just have a look. It's what made Scott Bakula, you know, Scott Bakula. Like, that was his big breakthrough, wasn't it? You know? As far as, as, far as I remember. 2022. So, yeah, towards the end of... Uh, the end of the year because fall i think is end of september in america right um and it says the end of fall so at the end of the three months so yeah uh, round about end of the year okay all right well let's we'll see what happens man at the end of the day like you know uh here we go release date release date no it's super soon man what are you talking about oh, is it okay Sorry, but the last thing I saw was it said end of fall, but maybe that's just... Oh, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm getting fucking conflicting details all over the place looking at the Quantum Leap. Firstly, at least get you the the date right of... Um, I'm not even sure I'm looking at the right thing. I, I actually think I'm looking at a completely different show. Quantum Leap. <laughs> Time to remake history. Is that it? The Asian guy's playing him? Is this it? I believe so. Well, not, I don't know if it's... Uh, September 19. September 19. Yeah, it's dude, it's in three days. September 19. But September 19 is not even four. Dude, what do you want me to say? I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the series premiere on IMDb. So There's that, a trailer for it. I thought that it was Ooh, it was soon. Jesus. It looks You're going to have to watch more than one, man. Come on. No, Come on. No. You can't just back out of it because the Asian guy's playing. Is it no, you? I'm not. I'm, I'm actually know. looking at the trailer now, and no. Oh come on, dude! Come on, you, dude! You're the quantum leap guy on this show. Come on, just like I bring my token knowledge to Rings of Power, you've got to bring your quantum leap fucking deep dive knowledge. I don't have to. It's time for you to assemble, man. It's time for you to stand up and be counter rich. This is time for you to play a lone hand innings, man. This is your moment. No, this looks terrible. <laughs> You're already writing it off. I, I mean, oh, well, whatever. I mean, Michelle's going to watch it, so we'll, oh, we'll check wow, it out. This looks so, this looks so CW cheap. Well, what do you expect? Man, that's a... It, I expect things to actually look better than a show from 30 years ago. What was the thing? He always jumped into the body, wasn't it? Wasn't that... Uh, uh, no. Um, so... It's basically uh, their body got sent to the future. Oh. And he, it was him with his body, but everyone saw him as the person. Yeah, right. Um, uh, I don't know if it was like the technology created like a. Um, like a duplicate. Uh, a, an image around him or like a, like a hologram type thing that people yeah. saw him as the person he was. But when he looked in the mirror, he saw himself. Correct. Yeah. Because yeah. again, it's not he's he's in his own body, and the person who he takes over their their body gets. It's like they do a swap. You know what I always thought was lame. Uh, I look. I didn't watch it like at all. But I was. But it was right around stuff I did watch. So I was often pretty stoned, and it was on. And I remember a lot of the time he was like in in, in like dresses and stuff. And I just think this show just looks so shit. Like, but how I was. This, how does this look like a show from the nineties? Why does it look so cheap? I don't know, man. But all I remember is I used to think the original looked shit. Like, I, I, for years, was like, people were always raving. I was like, dude, that show was so fucking lame. I didn't really watch it, though. Oh, so. I mean, I don't know. Dave, we, 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 I think we've already established that you are odd. <laughs> well, I like Sliders at the same time. I was a big Sliders fan, man. 
big sliders fan. And if you told me quantum yeah. leap or sliders, not a contest. Um, yeah, but that's kind of where you're wrong. Oh, come on. Sliders was pretty good. Yeah, but not not better than quantum leap. Yeah, well, you know, individual taste, man. Uh, I don't know. But... Yeah, it sounds like it's three to one. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, the sample size, Michelle and the Bloody Mother watched every episode, it seems like, and you're you're like the biggest Quantum Leap I, fan of all time. So did I. I watched every single episode. I loved that show. I, I sat in front of the TV every week to watch it. Wow. You were just so happy back then, weren't you, with this show on? It was, it was fun. It was entertaining. Uh, the characters were great. Um, uh, you know, uh, Dean, uh, Dean Stockwell was was fabulous mm. as Al. Um, uh, and, and you just, again, you just, you can't recapture that. And it, the, the, uh, the new trailer, the characters look dull. They look generic mm. and dull. Mm. So yeah, I, I can't, I can't see this being a good, uh, a good reboot. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'll tell you what was a good reboot. Hawaii Five-O was a good reboot, you know? Yeah. My sister loved that. I thought it was terrible. Well, we watched every episode. Don't tell that Michelle. She loves that show. I, I enjoyed it, man. What was bad yeah, about no, Hawaii? My sister loved it too. She watched every episode as well. She, I think she even went and bought the bloody box that she loved it so much. <laughs> I just think you don't like stuff that's new. I think you've got a problem with that as well. I think you're a bit, like, if I'm being honest, a bit stuck in the past. You know, you're a bit of yesterday's man when it comes to shows. I think there's a little bit of uh, prejudice there, Rich. Am I, am I right? Am I hitting the... Am I hitting the mark? No, the problem is is a lot of the stuff I like is actually uh, could is remakes of even older stuff. The problem is is they did it better. Mm. I yeah. don't have an issue with with I don't have an issue with remakes or uh, retelling of old stuff, but you've got to make it either better or minimum as good or as entertaining as what you are remaking. And uh, today they fail a lot more than they succeed. Yeah, well... That's my opinion, though. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Ah, look, I mean, they often... Look, a lot of the... Re- like, the reboot of Magnum P.I., I felt, was almost an insult to the Magnum franchise. You know, like, I, I actually don't think you there was a world where that was ever going to be anything like as good as a Tom Selleck version. I just think that that was so iconic... It was like a it was like a nine point five out of ten. It was almost a perfect score. It, okay, so here, here's know. the thing for me: like a Y five O is not a terrible show. It's mm. just not a Y five O. It just feels like a regular cop show. Yeah, like that I've seen a million times before. Mm. You know, um, just happens to be set in a Y. I just didn't feel like it had any of the charm. And yes, I agree with you that you, you can't do Magnum PI again. Just like you can't do like again. That I thought the MacGyver remake was terrible. Yeah, um, I thought it was just woeful. Like. This just you. It's really hard to do a remake when, especially a show, is successful because of maybe the star's personality mm-hmm. or their charisma. It, it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and that's why I always say I feel like sometimes it's better to take an idea that you thought was good but maybe didn't succeed, mm. and try again with that instead of something that was super popular, yeah, and super successful because. You never ever, or very rarely, yeah. like one time out of twenty, are you going to recapture that lightning in a bottle? I totally agree. The, the bigger the success, look at some the... of your duds. Look at some of your failures that you were like, you know what? This was a good idea. It had potential. It had, you know, uh, 
maybe we'll try it now and we will change this and do that and see, yeah. you know, have another crack at it. I would prefer that they did more of that than just trying to remake successful stuff. I, it's almost like the bigger the cultural footprint of the original, it, the more impossible it is to recapture uh, or, or beat it or equal it or even go close with the reboot. You know? Yeah, it's like if you rebooted Indiana Jones now, ah, it's going to be very hard to follow oh, Harrison Ford. I'd it's going to be possible. really hard to make in, uh, Indiana Jones as enjoyable as when it was Harrison Ford. It's, it's going to be nigh impossible. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, totally. I mean, it's like if they rebooted Star Wars from the original as well, you know? Like, we're going to, going to do it again. Hmm. You know, it's it's like, Jesus, like, that's a tall fucking order. But um, yeah. that's why, like, the next generation was successful. Yes. I didn't try and remake Star Trek or like or go, oh, well, let's, you know, reboot it or remake it and we got a new Kirk and a new Spock. No. Mm. They they made completely new characters. And let me tell you, that was actually really a bold move and it was a very um disjointed uh, political uh, backstabbing environment that, that that next generation got created in. Like Roddenberry was on his dying legs. Um, the, there were so many problems with with next generation when it started. The first couple of seasons, it's rocky behind the scenes, in front of the camera. Uh, you know that was a difficult birthing. But you know what? They actually stuck the landing. That turned into a huge, huge money maker and brought so many fresh people or lapsed fans back to the franchise. Um, and as you're saying, it was literally the next generation. You know, I I remember when it came out, and and believe you me, I was no Star Trek, uh, you know, hardcore fan, but I seen all the movies and I knew who William Shatner was, and you know, like I, I liked it. And I had my, and from that very casual fan, I had my deep suspicions when I saw they were going to do Next Generation. It's going to be this bald British guy I'd never heard of. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and then I started, and it was a couple of seasons in, and I, and I watched a few episodes, and not from the beginning, luckily, more like from probably season three. And I was like, I love this. You know, I was like, this is amazing. I and I got hooked, you know? Mm. And, and then I went back. And watched it from the start, and then I, I, I had the faith because I was like, okay, I know that these episodes aren't perfect, but they're building. And you know, by the end of Next Generation's run, I was a rabid fan. Um, it and as you're saying, it can be done. But I will say this in defense of Hawaii Five O, that was a Next Generation story. That wasn't just Jack Lord's. Um, that was that, that he was Jack Lord's son. The, the lead guy, the Australian guy. No, no, but I, said, I, I just didn't enjoy it because it just felt like another cop show. And there was, yeah. you know, let's be honest, look, there's been like, fuck, you throw a penny yeah. and you can hit a bloody cop show. That sure. I was just like, oh, I'm just not, I'm not up for another cop show. It was know? very formulaic and it was very sort of like, uh, yeah, like a lot of them kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. But I, but, you know. It was a success, though. In terms of success, it was very successful. Like it, it... Oh, you know, it was. As I said, I mean, yeah, yeah Michelle's a fan. Uh, my sister's a fan. Like, it, it, it definitely had its fans. Um, probably more fans than what the new Magna P.I. or MacGyver or whatever it is has got or had, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, anyway, so, yeah, I, I... You know why they do it, though? And this is my final kind of wrap-up of this. The reason they do it is the name recognition. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's why they do it. But what they forget 
is that name recognition, if it's achieved that, it had to have been pretty popular at the time to have retained that 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, which mm-hmm. as opposed to, say some show in the 80s that, that had like one or two seasons that no one outside of like fucking 20 people on the internet remember. That's a lot easier, I think, to reboot because no one really remembers it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's what I said. You've got this. You've got probably a vault full of like failed or uh, prematurely cut, or you know what I mean, or yeah. things that were, you know, yeah, they had buzz, but you know, whatever reasons just didn't take off, or maybe you know, got overshadowed by something else. Yes, dive into that because in, it, people will be like, oh, well, oh, that sounds familiar. I'm not, you know, but again, you take something with massive name recognition that has been in the zeitgeist for, as you say, 30, 40 years. Mm. It's going to be really hard to develop. I, I tell you, the hard one for me will be um, Rockford Files. I love the original, and Magnum P.I. the same. I love the original so much, and it's so associated with James Garner. I mean, it was his show, mm. just like Tom Selleck was Magnum P.I. You know what I mean? Like, they were together. And you tell, and like, he's passed away now. And, like, they're like, they're going to at some point. It's a, it's a prized commodity. Uh, I believe, of Paramount. At at some point, they're going to say, let's reboot Rockford Files. I do not think you will have the same success. I just think there's so many things against it. You know what I mean? Partly was the locale. Uh, Los Angeles in the the mid to late 70s. Like, the the sort of seediness, the good humor. Like, James Garner, like, was... He was on fire in that show. He was in almost every scene, you know, and and he isn't alive anymore. So how can you... And all the supporting cast is dead too. So I, I just... Are you going to try to recreate it from the ground up with all new actors and just rely on the name? I don't think hardcore Rockford fans are going to be like, oh, please sign me up for this non-James Garner fucking take, you know? Um, well, as I said, I mean, it, people never seem to learn good lessons. I mean, you, you talk about James Garner and all that. Um, you know, if, if you want a lesson on how to do something right, look at the Maverick movie. Yeah. Right? Maverick is played by Mel Gibson. Yeah. But it's not a reboot. No, it's, it's true. Fun. Yeah, you're very true. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that's a cool little reveal at the end where you go, oh, my God, I thought it was just James Garner being playing and having a cameo. Or Yeah, it was all, it was all no, a big ploy. He's actually the original Maverick. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, that is a, a, a lesson on how to do something right. And can I say this as well? A well-told movie. It was... Yes. It, it well, was with Donna, come on. It was well-scripted. It was well-directed. It was fun. It, it had good leads. Like... There was a lot of, and it had James Garner as well for the for the old school fans. Because when I say to my mum, James Garner, she doesn't think Rockford Files. She thinks Maverick, you mm. know, because she's for, she, you know, in when she was uh, literally probably growing up, he was he was huge, you know, him as Maverick. Mm. And then he went and did movies. He did movies like Great Escape, etc. And then in the seventies, when he was older, he was in his forties, mid forties probably, he played Rockford Files, which became then you know, pretty much his best-known role. And he kept acting till the end of his life. But I don't know, man. Like, uh, there was another property that I was thinking of. I've forgotten now, but similar to The Fugitive. So The Fugitive, the original TV show, fantastic reboot in that movie with Harrison Ford. I would say 
that might be the best reboot of all time. I actually think that the, the, the original TV show, as we all know, is amazing. That movie, The Fugitive with Harrison Ford, I think is one of the best movies that he ever did. I, I think it's an amazing film. And the way they reinvented and reimagined the Fugitive storyline and brought it up to date with, like, whatever period, you know, 1990, whenever that movie came out, um, I think it was amazing. And then years later, Kiefer Sutherland, they tried to do it, and it was just, it just fizzled, you know? Um, but it was so much, it was, like, would you agree the Fugitive movie, Rich, with, um, remember, Tommy Lee Jones? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. And, again, whoever, I don't know who directed that film, and whoever wrote it, like, that, that had such weird reverence for the original series but also it it captured the tone and it modernized it and it had a great yeah, well what actors. they did was they didn't try and do another tv show based on it oh no they yeah. did actually they did years later with the fugitive with uh yeah but i mean again for just that movie we're talking about that movie they just said okay let's take the story of the fugitive and tell a much more condensed concise yeah hour and a half movie and it, and it had all the same beats. Like it had the one arm man. It mm-hmm. you know it even had the jacket that he, he often wore. At one point, Harrison Ford's wearing the jacket. Um, it tied into some of the stuff how he argued with his wife. You know he he wasn't mm-hmm. a perfect character. Like such a good movie, and you know how highly I rate the TV show. You know, mm-hmm. and for me to talk so highly of the film, I think speaks volumes about how good that is because I love that TV show. You know, and mm-hmm. I. Yeah, David Jansen had passed away. He died in about 84. So he died of a huge heart attack. He was a massive smoker. Died in the early 80s. Might even have been 81. So he was he was well and truly dead by the time that um, movie came out. I'm sure he would have had a cameo if he'd been alive, you know? Mm. Um, because that, whoever made that movie, they, they had a they had a... They had more than a little bit of knowledge of the TV show. They they knew what buttons to push because that, 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 you know, was a strong show. So, yeah, it's an interesting topic, reboots. Um... And you're right. Hollywood never learns. They 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 don't learn. They they go by the philosophy of like, just keep trying to do it, and then just pray to Jesus that like enough people watch it that we can get renewed. You know, that's all they care about. Like MacGyver, I've never watched an episode of the reboot, but somehow it's had multiple seasons. Same with Magnum PI. Somehow it, you don't hear anyone talking about these shows. But some, yeah, no, it's not in the zeitgeist at all. No, it's not. And but somehow they scrape over the over the line you know and it's like i don't hear anyone talking about those shows we tried watching the new magnum pi and it was like you know what this is just making me want to watch the old show <laughs> exactly right like, yeah just... you know you've you know you failed when when you're sitting there you're like well that's what that's the same with the, the rings of power yeah. it just makes me in fact when i finish watching the season mm. i'm going to re-watch all three lord of the rings movies just to cleanse my palate Sure, and we did them, and shout out for the Patreon fans, uh, Dan and I did them in Cinema of Doom, the three movies, uh, and it was a fun watch, I hadn't watched them for a few years, we sat down and we watched we watched all three, and it was it was a fun time, and there's an amazing amount of stuff that you forget, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, well, we, I've got the extended version, so I'm going to be watching the extended Oh, you've got to watch the extended cuts, yeah, we watch the extended cuts, yeah. We're not amateurs, Rich. Uh, now you've got it's some stuff be, here. That's going to be a good 12 hours. It's going to be a long <laughs> haul. Um... Something about the Emmys, Rich? Are you a big Emmys fan? No, I'm not, but I do love hearing that no one likes the Emmys. I, I couldn't care less so about the Emmys. It says, despite NBC's best efforts, the Emmys flopped this year, pulling in an all-time low ratings 
down a whopping 24%. Now, wow. from the last year's telecast. Now, I just want to say every year has been a half. Yeah. The, like basically half the amount from the previous year. So yeah. uh, they just keep resetting. They just keep breaking that record every year. They're breaking the wrong records, aren't they? Uh, it's not the record you want, yes. <laughs> I mean, my interest in award shows is very minimal. I said to you before the this episode, in the mid-90s, because I'm such a movie fan, I did go through a period of watching the Oscars, but I don't reckon I've watched an Oscars since about 2001 or two. You know, uh, or, yeah. Well, the thing is, um, well, they've just become too uh, political. Like, um, as I said, it's funny if you go back like 20, 30 years, mm. um, you know, you had a lot more uh, diverse actors and directors, yeah, in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like, um, do you really think that's Hollywood, the reason? Though? I know you, Hollywood really started the... off more conservative, but, but do you really think that's the have... reason that, that it's huh? political? Do you think that's the reason? Yeah. So, okay. Well, what, what I mean is, got political is that like. You used to have a mix again of conservative lefties, righties, Democrats yeah, sure. in in yeah. the, the the industry. Like Ronald Reagan but and Chuck Heston and those guys were pretty. Yeah, yeah. But now, if, right. I'm sorry, but if you look at Hollywood now, it is literally like all left wing. It's like yeah. they all share the same opinion. They all have the same. View oh yeah, these days on yeah, politics, yeah, yeah. and these shows have become nothing but a stage for them to come on and just. Uh, lecture, I think, the audience on yeah. why their politics are correct. You I blame I mean? Richard Gere for getting up and telling us about Tibet. It's like, sit down, we know. Yeah, you, you know, know, but they all care, oh, you know, and this and the injustices in the world. And it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, t it's a show about entertainment. It's an, but also, it's a fucking award show that that's what sickens me. You, you're all patting yourselves on the back very hard. Often for mediocre shows, and as you say, a lot of people standing up and it's the same shit. Oh, we finally get to see ourselves represented on screen. Like that, that time is a million. It does get, to me, just boring. You know, yeah, because like, it's not like bored. it's one actor going up there and doing it. It's all of them going up and doing it. Like they've all got their little speech ready on, on the lecture. They, they, yeah. I mean, they should actually have them actually come up and stand on an actual soapbox uh, <laughs> when they do it. <laughs> Um, and I think it, that it turns people <laughs> off, and people just it's now, boring. year after year after year, like I'm not tuning in because I don't feel like being lectured by these no. th these wankers well, no, in by Hollywood the, or by the rich elite in Hollywood. Like fuck them. Yes, with your fucking the most insulated people yeah, in know, their country. I know, I know, I know. It is sickening. I mean, but I have found like forget their politics. I I I I got to a point where I was like, I I mean. Sometimes I care about the product, but I don't need to witness their sort of self-congratulation and just – it's just too much for me. I, no. Like, it's just not my thing, you know, basically. No, but, but, as a, I, but I do think that it's not the self-congratulations that's turned people off because the award, the award shows used to be fun. Mm. Like, as you say, like, you know, you go back like 15 years ago or, sure. you know, maybe even like uh, 10 years ago, it was just fun. They would go there. There'd be laughs. There'd be jokes. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. like Billy Crystal doing sort of stuff, and, and stuff, you, know. you know, people should tune in and go, okay, well, what's supposed to be the best movies? Mm. Who, you know, who's who, who's been in a good movie? Who's getting the best actor? It was fun to watch them. They were yeah. a bit of a pageantry, but it's not a pageantry anymore. It's just because it feels like a primary or a election camp you know what i mean it just yeah. feels like they're all coming up there to to air their grievances i, I think with, like with on a, if i can be cynical I, I do feel that i mean look there are some people there i mean like, like god bless them they're very sincere but most of them are 
you know, I, I don't buy this Hollywood bullshit too much. You know, like, they they get up there, man, and they want to be divisive. They want to get their two seconds in the sunlight. Like, often as people, you barely know, you know, and I don't know. It's just, if everyone's singing the same speech at every single awards, it becomes just boring. It, it it's up there with thanking God for your Oscar for your for your Grammy. You know, I'd just, be more, I'd, I'd, I'm happy with them to do that. If they could just go back to that, I'd be happy. <laughs> no, no, I, I would take that as well. But but it, it's like if you're just going to say the same thing, you might as well say well, just what she said. You know, I stand. Yeah, you know, <laughs> come up there, go copy paste, <laughs> copy paste. Like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of award shows in the first place. I I only watched a few of my time. I used to enjoy sometimes Billy Crystal or someone working the room. Yeah, that, that's why I said the Oscars back in the day when you had like Billy Crystal and all that sort of stuff yeah. hosting them, they were great. They were just fun, yeah. you know. The, and and that's why they usually always used to get a comedian. Yeah, because it was almost like a bit of a stand-up show, you know, like in between the awards, well, it was, there was yeah. a stand-up show, and they were more entertaining. But one, the the people they got hosting them now is, are not funny. Well, don't forget we had um, um we had uh what's his name Chris Rock get slapped by Will Smith when he did a little yeah, a very yeah. very mild joke at fucking Jada Pinkett Smith's expense, um, you know, and and that was kind of hilarious. Well, apparently Jimmy Kimmel did something stupid at the Emmys. He was hosting the Emmys and then he pretended to pass out and just literally lay on the stage right. and people had to walk around him and step over him to deliver their, um, their speeches and stuff. And it's not uh, funny, he, he's Jimmy. getting called out apparently for it or something. But Who did this? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. What, what One of the most unfunniest yeah. people on the planet, the male Amy Schumer. I would, I would almost say not even, like barely a comedian. You know what I mean? Like... He, he's enter he's he's affable i'll give him that he's affable but i can't think of any incredible bits of humor that um you know jimmy kimmel uh has ever done he he just is he sort of is one of those guys he exists he has a show he's affable he he you know he's relatively good at interviews but he's not he's not funny um i've no. never never really yeah it's um but like you know I'm going to sound old here, and I don't give a fuck. I used to love Letterman. And, and I agree, Letterman towards his end was certainly phoning it in. But prime Letterman, for many years, mm. loved him. You know what I mean? Barely missed an episode for, for, for a few years. Um, he turned, and, and look, he got tired at the very end. I get it. You know, he was a shadow of himself at the very end. But for most of the time, he was excellent. Now, when he retired, and they replaced him with that Stephen Colbert. I'm like, it. Inst- I've never watched it since because I was just like, I can't believe they went from David Letterman to this guy, this this fucking political only guy. And I was like, wow, like it was such a turnoff. I, I I was like, you know, I was like, I went from someone who looked forward to that to like, this is awful. I, I don't need politics 24-7 in my late-night show. Like, to the level this guy went to. Like, Lemon had political jokes as well, but this Stephen Colbert guy, it's like his only reason for fucking being. Like, I, I just... Yeah, I, yeah, no. I, I'll never get it. His show is 100% every single night political. Like, yeah, like Letterman no would only make... Like, the, <laughs> Letterman would do a political joke when something happened... He, yeah, he'd do a few, be... like, Clinton jokes and stuff. Like, he'd do a few in his monologue, but, like, by God, it wasn't, like, 
a, a running feature every fucking night, like, you know, banging you over the head. Like, not at all. Like, he was I, more I, like the Johnny Carson. My, my favourite, like, period is when you had Letterman, Conan, and then oh, and yeah. really like the night Craig Ferguson. Yeah, well, that was a good period. I agree. That was a very strong period, and and I also like Conan a lot. To be fair, Conan, I, I I fell out of the habit of watching, but he was very much my style. You know that I, that. And then you, know. you you talk about replacement. Craig Ferguson was hilarious. Yeah, and then he got replaced by that fat bastard. What's his oh, name? Uh, James Corbin. Corbin. James Corbin. Yeah. I'm oh not... my god! You talk about being replaced by someone unfunny. Yeah. Or like yeah. you know, ugh. I'm not a fan of that guy, and um. He, like he's just a bit too full of himself as well. You know what I mean? Like there's just something about him that just grates for me. He's just not my kind of guy. But I will say this: he at least is more of an old school entertainer kind of guy. You know, like he's not my comedy, Rich. You know what I mean? Like I'll never, I'll never be like, man, I can't wait to watch him. You know, but at least he is. He's kind of like lowest common denominator funny. You know, um, whereas I'll take that in late night over. Whatever his name is, Stephen Colbert's like fucking nonstop political. I believe the T is silent. It's Colbert. Or Colbert, whatever. With his nonstop political like shit. Like, um, there's another guy as well, John Oliver. Uh, and, oh, oh he's dreadful. It's not a talk show. Oh, it's so. not a comedy show. What? Yeah, it's not comedy, uh, is it? Today, tonight, or something like that. Right. No, I wasn't sure if that was if that was a talk show because all I know is I had the misfortune the other day of seeing his face pop up, and oh he, yeah, John Oliver is not oh, funny at all. Oh my god, he was he's just like, ranting. Like John Stewart when he did that kind of show was funny. <laughs> Who? In the day. Did you say Rod Stewart? No, John Stewart. Oh yeah, John Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, the John Daily Show. That, yeah. That's kind of what jo- uh, John Oliver's trying to do. It's kind of no, like a, no. it's a version of that John Stewart. But even John Stewart, I, I like John Stewart, but but I I could only take so much of that. Like it was no, uh, no. But what I'm saying is that like John Oliver's, he's is even unfunnier or Ugh. even more harder to watch than that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's um, it, it's sad really because like. Oh, and as I can and I can say the uh, as a South African. Um, uh, 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 Trevor Noah is fucking awful. Never seen him. Never seen him. Because uh, he took over from John Stewart on that on, right. on the, the John Stewart. Yeah, show. I I know he, the guy you're talking about. I've never never watched it. Awful. But again, this is so funny. When he was just a stand-up comedian, mm. hilarious. That kid made me fucking laugh. Do, do you think stand up shows in South Africa? But once you get political, you just become unfunny. You oh, is he from South Africa? Is he from South Africa? Yeah, yeah. Trevor Noah's from South Africa. Oh, yeah. Right, I did not know that. Um, yeah, it's you know what it's look, and we are going to sound like the grumpy old men in the Muppets here because uh, I get it. Like the audience of Stephen Colbert, I assume is a younger audience they're going for. But when I think of Letterman, and look, I wasn't a Jay Leno fan, but like he was that era as well. You know, these guys were like Johnny Carson. They were pitching pretty much to a pretty wide demographic of America. You know, that's what they, they were going for. They were going for the stoners. They were going for the mums and the dads. You know, like, you know, it was late night. It was the last thing you'd, you'd put on before you hit the pillow or you watch it when you're in bed, you know? Mm. And it was, the the aim of those shows was to have a few laughs, you know, there's a bit of hijinks, um, 
etc etc like there were some funny interviews there might be a big guest there might not be a big guest i watched many a letterman episode where the guests were not huge and i watched many that were you know it varied depending on the guests but they they were going for a wide span demographic you know as i said which went from college students to mums and dads you know um and then instead this colbert guy seems to be laser fucking focused on like the angry youth demographic um the super disillusioned political activist demographic like it's a very very it's a very specific kind of group you know that's that's the, and that's where i'm like that's where i can't believe that he's got the job i'm like this is the guy that's supposed to be making all of america tune in um this guy with his like acid comedy and like we get it like we yeah hey Dude, we get it. You hate Trump. Well, let's just let, let's just like we won't we won't even bother to fight you on that. Let's just accept that. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't just hate Trump. He hates no, um, Republicans. He hates everything. I, I know. He had a show called The Colbert Report. Yes, originally, yeah. Which he was he was playing a um, a satirical version of a Republican. Oh. And and basically, he he did everything like. <laughs> Um, like a sort from of their point mockery. of view, but in a comedy satirical way, kind of making fun of them, right? Um, and now he just gets to do that, but without being having to pretend. I was gonna say, what like, does he do now? It feels like he does the same thing now, yeah, but now he just doesn't have to be that character anymore. He's not pretending to be, oh, he was playing a character. Republican character. Now he can just be himself, now he but can just have about the same shit. Ugh. Oh, like, I, I get it. Stephen Colbert. And by the way, I watched sick. his Colbert report. I thought it was pretty funny. Like he was actually genuinely funny. Yeah. In some of the stuff he was poking fun at and making a laugh about. I didn't have an issue with it. But the problem is, is that's not what the late, you know, no, that's not yeah. what the late show is supposed to be. Like oh, it's God not no. supposed to be a political show. But oh, no. that's all he knew. Please that's no. the problem. They brought him on, but I think all he knows is yeah, he's a political. Politics. He's a political. I mean. Is he funny? I mean, I've, he's never made me laugh. Like, is he? Oh, okay. it, poor, yes, but not this. He's never. Yeah, I've never found him funny since he. I've watched over a from... few monologues of him every now and then over the over the years too. He's been doing it a long time now. He's probably been doing it for a decade. Uh, I I've watched a few monologues where I'm like, this is like, I don't know. It's like I'm listening to a speech. You know, like it's it's you know. He he's one step away. Like at times he's almost begging you to vote for someone. It's like really, like how fucking deep in the pockets of the party are you? Like you know, people complain about like biased news. This guy's like so fucking left, it's ridiculous. Like he should almost be arrested for treason. Some of the stuff he's saying. Like, <laughs> like I I just I look I, I look I, all I can say is. From someone who used to love late nights, you know, I, I loved my late night talk show hosts. I have been so alienated from it now for a long period of time, and I'm like, it's it's just killed my interest. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, they got too specific. It's like most people don't want to hear about politics that much. It's just not that fucking fascinating, especially late night. Like, I'm like, dude, you know... If I was a young person now, I would not be, you know, like back in the 90s, I was getting stoned, we were watching Letterman. Often it would be after I was stoned, I'd be kind of chilling out by myself. We'd watch, I'd watch Letterman, enjoyable, kind of chilled into the night. They might have a good band on. You know what I mean? Like it was, it, this, the, these were the, this, this was literally the end of the night. And it wasn't like, man, I want to get amped up about like American politics again. 
I'm going to get stay angry. It's like, dude, I don't need to stay angry like 24 fucking seven. It's not that fascinating. Well, you know? that, well that's my point is, and going back to like the, the, the Emmys and like, like even a lot of movies and TV shows, they've forgotten the most important part entertainment. I was going to say entertainment for me. Cause you know what? I just want to be entertained. I want to, as I said, I just yeah. want to switch my brain off. I just want to relax. And you it's know, not that it's a, not that a hard day's work. You know, I just want to come home and watch something and be entertained, maybe have a laugh, maybe, you know, I don't, I just don't want to be... And Letterman, Letterman was edgy. You know, Letterman could do edgy comedy and stuff. Nobody had a mix. That's the point. I don't mind. I'm not saying you can't have it at all. I'm just saying it's got to be balanced. It's got to be mixed. It can't just be like... Do they still at least have the... Because I used to love the bands they'd have on. Like, I never forget... um, one of my favourite memories, like this is mid nineties, Bruce Springsteen promoting uh, Ghost of Tom Joad album. Um, he came on. I was really pumped for it. I forget the rest of the show, but he came on and he did. Um, he did uh, Youngstown, which is a song of Ghost of Tom Joad. It was brilliant. I was just like, I was transfixed. And then I remember cutting into the break. He 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 went into something with the East Street Band. Um, uh, Tenth Avenue freeze out, and I'll never forget it. It was it's such a golden memory, you know, one of those memories that just comes through the years. And I was just like, man, that was just so great. Like, you know, Bruce just pumping out some classics. Letterman late at night, you know, he was heavily hyped. It was Bruce Springsteen. He was big, and that was what I wanted, man. It's pure entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, the, you finish the show, you're 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 all, you're ready for bed. I was probably in bed watching it, and it was like you went, you hit the covers, you fell asleep. The end. Um, and I don't know. I just think they've lost their way a little bit, dude. I, look, obviously, a guy like Colbert will forever, will never hear the end of him. You know, and never stop complaining. Um, but I just hope that that some more mainstream kind of late night hosts come on. Frankly, who are a bit. I don't even know if like I, I. Who knows? It'll even be a thing in like the next ten years. It might not be. And and but but these these are the people who've kind of helped kill it though. Like, I, I want to say this. Stephen Cobber has killed late nights, you know, in terms of in terms of that well, franchise. He's certainly been one of the nails. He's been know. one of the big nails. I think one of the worst. And whoever made that decision, I honestly think made a terrible decision to replace Letterman, who had such a dedicated fan base, who loved that kind of humour. You know, his, 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 his fan base was rusted on. You know what I mean? Like... And then you replaced him with this. So many of those fans, and I was one of them, we just switched off straight away. We were just like, wow, this is just way too political. You know, this is boring. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm not like, you know, Rich, I'm not either side strongly. You know what I mean? I, I, I vary. But I was like, I don't need to hear about this. I feel boring talking about it for so long because we need to move on. Because I like <laughs> fuck Stephen Colbert. There's my basic message. You know, fair enough. Yeah, Boil and, it down to that, and, and plenty of others that you mentioned as well sound terrible as well. But I don't even watch. You know, like Trevor. Oh God, no! I, uh, as I said, I used to watch Craig Ferguson. Used to watch Craig Levin, Ferguson was funny. Used to watch like Coden, but I've not watched any. I haven't watched for years. So. No, uh, I'm out of it, man. I'm out of it, dude. Um, and I am, and on that topic, I am definitely one of the old men in the Muppets. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm happy to be on the fucking balcony casting shit on their bullshit. Like, you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Now you've got, <laughs> you've got something here, Rich, about um, what is it about? I oh, got Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Controversial defamation, or should we say defecation? 
right. case between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard <laughs> is the subject of a new movie. Oh, God, Hot really? take. The oh. Depp Heard trial set oh. to debut exclusively on the free <laughs> 2B streaming service. I have 2B on my Xbox. I will not be watching that. I do not need to see that trial. You're not interested in the in the no. Johnny Depp Heard trial? Well, about, we, well uh, you know what? Bed and all we, we know what happened. We know. We all lived through it. Like, it's not like yeah, it's... Yeah, but now we're going to get the behind-the-scenes... Uh, uh, dramatization of it. It's going to be so bad. Can you imagine whoever's going to play Johnny Depp? It's going to be so terrible. Like, oh my god. Like, no, no. Wouldn't thank it be you. funny if Johnny Depp played Johnny Depp? <laughs> no, no. Wouldn't it be funny if they got a guy to play Johnny Depp, and all he does is like play Jack Sparrow, but just without the makeup and the pirate get out. Like he just you plays should. Johnny Depp like, like Jack Sparrow. Why not? Fuck, be, 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 be. You could do a funny thing of it i like johnny depp you could do a funny movie of it but if they're going the route where it's going to be really serious which i assume they will be i'm not watching it i it's just a, it's a cash grab. oh god no it's definitely going to be serious it's not a comedy it should be it comedy. should be a comedy though a comedy would actually be funny i think you know like because it's so cartoonish anyway like johnny depp's mannerisms really lend themselves to comedy i mean just he's kind of like zoned out stoned out behavior like he basically became jack sparrow yeah he he, yeah and i think he plays up to it a bit and um i don't know same thing happened with al pacino like al pacino became oh dude what if al pacino al pacino played played johnny depp (laughs) (laughs) that'd be good um yeah al pacino definitely channels his uh He's in actor in his regular ever life since, these days. Ever since, what was it? Uh, was it uh, scent of a, uh, scent of scent a woman? Of a woman. Yeah. I think it was yeah. scent of a woman. Who are you know? <laughs> he ever since scent of a woman, he's just become a a, 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 a louder version of that character, <laughs> or an over top version of. The I character. love Al Pacino. Depp. Since Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, Johnny Depp has basically become. Um, uh, just a milder version of Jack. Well, Barrett. I think the alcohol and the cocaine with Johnny Depp may have caught up to him a little bit. <laughs> uh, was too much, he was doing too much research for Jack Sparrow. Yeah, he, he was, was going very play, me- um, method. A lot of method was uh, was going on there. But he was trying to be um, uh, uh, Keith Richards, wasn't he? Yeah, he loves Keith Richards, yeah. Yeah, so he was just like, oh, well, I've got to get in the mindset of Keith Richards. Give me all the drugs and alcohol you got. Ah, uh, look, look. Whatever, fucking whatever floats his boat. Like at the end of the, but also, but like in all fairness to um that trial, that was like everyone was aware of that tr- trial. You couldn't get away from it. But even those of us who sort of didn't want to be were aware of it. And it's so recent. This is why it's such a cash grab. I guarantee you, it will be so cheap and so tacky. You know, it'll you know, it'll be like those uh, made for TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. Movies that they used to do about you know exactly. based on a true story shit. Yeah, it, that's what it will be, and it's it's pathetic. Um, now we had some Assassin's Creed uh, Mirage news. Uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity, okay, will be a home for a variety of games of different genres and lengths. It will mix premium boxes, box games with paid for and free content. There will be a free multiplayer mode that will unite the franchise's eras. And it will be the place where Assassin's Creed modern day story will now live. Um, but it's not a video game. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand what it is. Nor is it a replacement for traditional Assassin's Creed games. It is a platform that will host both past and future Assassin's Creed entries, include, starting with Codename Red, 
a shinobi-themed shinobi RPG coming sometime in the future. This is the ninja one. Um, this full-price single-player open-world RPG will be purchased just like any other Assassin's Creed game. I'm so confused. While Assassin's Creed... While Infinity is not technically a game, it will have elements we associate with the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, from now on, it will be the home of the modern-day or meta storyline of the series. People who just love just immersing themselves in the past will be able to jump in there and never be interrupted or need to know who Desmond and Layla is. Good! Like, we don't have to cut to the bullshit modern scenes? Great! The implication, then, is that the main games will now be set solely in the past. Good! Um... Uh... While not part of Infinity, 2023's Assassin's Creed Mirage will be similar in length to the earlier games in the franchise. Okay, good. I uh, I ask if we can expect... Oh, this is the report. I ask if we can expect more of these scale games or even smaller in Infinity. Yes, absolutely, and priced accordingly, the developer confirms. Sometimes you'll have free experience as well, which I think is a great way to entice players to either to come back. Um, okay, so then we got the thing for um, Codename Red. The game got only the briefest of trailers at Ubisoft Forward, setting the mood with a striking sunset over castles and forests with a ninja arm with a hidden blade and Japanese short sword landing on a tiled roof before cutting the series logo and codename Red. will follow the life of a shinobi in feudal Japan, a historical period frequently requested by fans. Um, then speaking about Mirage, I think the most accurate comparison would be Rogue or Revelations, neither of which I've played. Uh, in terms of scope. The other ones that sucked, weren't they, Rich? Like, when it got to Rogue and Revelations, wasn't the ones where everyone stopped playing until, you know, it got it got brought back? I'm not sure about Revelations. I think Rogue people enjoyed. Okay. Um, because that was the one where you didn't actually play as an assassin, you played as a Templar, I think. Okay. Uh, then we also wanted to go back to what Assassin's Creed was in terms of stormy structure in the very early games, which means that it's linear. You have a beginning, you have an end, and there's a character's evolution. I mean, I hate that. I love the open world. But I I am interested in Basm and his storyline because he is big in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I mean, he's the guy who's... Look, when I say he's big, Rich, he's literally the apprentice who manages the store. He gives you, like... You take the scrolls back to him and stuff, like, and he gives you the hidden, um, you know, arts, like, the techniques. So he's, he's kind of like the store of the Assassin's Creed... Um, section the assassin section like that's all he does he just, just stands there and you just go and give him shit and you give him like you know fucking eight special documents and he's you know eight things that you get in the in in the uh, assassin bureau uh temples and then you bring them back to him and he converts them to give you a special ability that's all he does that's not like and then now it's like we're gonna find out his exciting story it's like okay all right um the exciting story of the apprentice who manages the store? Certainly sounds thrilling. <laughs> no, the, you, you know that guy who manages the store that gives you your special abilities? Yes. Well, you're gonna find out. Very important. Yeah, you're gonna find out so much about him, and I'm like, wow. And he wound up in the store. <laughs> it's like he's like the offsider of the main guy who turns evil. Spoilers, and but he's the yeah. I don't know. Look. It, look, I am interested. I am interested. Look, I'll be brutally honest. I'm an Assassin's Creed tragic. I will be purchasing the game, but I'm hating the way that they're fucking making it sound like it's going to be some cheap. It almost sounds like a download. You know, like it almost sounds like downloadable content to me, Rich. I don't know. I I, I, I 
honestly don't even know what it is that we've been talking about for the last What are you time. talking about? Richard, I've given so much information on this. How can you not be aware of what's going on? I've, I've, I don't know. They say it's a game. It's, not a, it's technically not a game. No, that's, that's infinity. We're, I'm mixing two things up. Uh, okay. Oh, well, thanks for that, Dave. Three things. Three things. One, infinity. Wow. One is infinity, which is like some sort of a hub and has the modern-day stuff, so they're cutting out the historical stuff, from the, the modern-day stuff from the games. The second thing, Richard, is Assassin's Creed Codename Red, which is the Ninja Shinobi game in Japan, mm-hmm. which will be a big open-world game, a proper game, uh, as I would call it, in Japan. The third thing is Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is the smaller-scale game coming out next year featuring the story of Basim and how he came to manage a desk. Um, back in Baghdad. Does that explain? What you're saying is that they're producing a lot of Assassin's Creed stuff and it's not enough for you. No, it's it's just enough. They're, I'm actually... Uh, it sounded like you were complaining that it just sounds like DLC, so... No, I'm complaining... So they're giving you a mainline game and then they're also yes. giving you a little smaller game and yeah. that's just not enough for yeah, you. Yeah, no, I want the smaller game to be bigger as well. I don't know why you need two big games. It's going to take you 20 years to finish. I do. I do. I do need that. No, that you, you've summed it up. I am complaining because I feel like the smaller game is too small. Um, you know, I, I'm going to throw something out to you now. And get, yeah, fuck it, man. How dare they do a big open world game for you and then a smaller game? Oh, the assholes. Dude, I'm going to throw something out to you and I want to get your reaction. Get this. They, it's like 9th century, 10th century Baghdad, okay? I think we did this last week. Listen to this. Every thing get. I want a, a map of actual Baghdad. I want it done every like every street, every house is the game. Literally Baghdad in the ninth century. Do we have the technology to do that, Rich? God no. <laughs> and if we did, Dave, you you wouldn't afford it. You couldn't be able to afford it. No, too expensive. Fuck yeah! If you're trying to do a game that does that, Jesus, the, the the many thousands of dollars you would have to spend on a computer that could run that. Do you like the way I'm thinking, though, man? I feel like I'm ahead of the curve here. No, you do always ask for too much. Yes, I agree. <laughs> that was just my idea. I'm offended by the fact that it sounds like it's going to be small. So I said, I said, okay, forget about like. You have to do the whole world or the continent. Just do one city. Just a city. Uh, I don't think you realise how large a city is, Dave. No, I don't. I agree with you on that point. I don't, actually. I have no idea. I you know, no, we're not talking about a, a cottage town. <laughs> we're talking about a city, a major city. And sewers as well. I want sewers done as well. Of course you do, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Now, moving on, you've got something about Rogue Squadron. What's happening, Rich? Yeah, uh, apparently the troubled Star Wars movie has been removed from Disney's motion picture schedule, meaning oh. it currently has no Star Wars theatrical <laughs> releases in the pipeline. Wow, really? Mm. That sounds like it could be a TV show, though, as well. Rogue Squadron. No, uh, well, again, well, the only news I have is that it's been removed from the motion picture schedule. So, okay, well, but it, it does say the troubled. Star Wars movie, so it sounds like there is. Well, I haven't heard anything about it in, in there. months. Well, uh, or didn't like, didn't they like, uh, didn't Patty Jenkins uh, oh, drop out of it? Or something? Yeah, yeah, that is ringing a distant bell. Now that you say that, yeah, 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 yeah. She was, she, she dropped out. Like, oh god, how can we ever survive? 
Rogue Squadron is the um, it, it it's the X Wing guys, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, it's supposed to be, but with Disney Star Wars, who fucking knows what it is? Yeah, yeah, it sounds a little bit average to me. Um, yeah, not not really a huge fan. Uh, Indiana Jones uh, stole the show at D twenty three. There was a very brief amount of footage shown just to the D23 people. Um, are they fans or are they all just investors at D23, Rich? Do you know? Oh, no, the uh, the D23 is your sycophants. <laughs> oh, like uh, paid, um, what do you call them, like critics oh, and stuff? Oh, no, they're not paid, just free shills. These people, yeah. uh, they are Disney sycophants. These right. are the uber, uber... Disney can do no wrong. Fans. I'll be a, I'll Everybody be a sicker fan for them if they're going to fly me over to D twenty three. I'll be a sicker fan. I, I don't care. I'll get down on my hands and knees. I don't mind. Now, uh, so D twenty three is finished, right? Okay. No, no, it, it's finished. It's completed. They had their weekend, or it's just started, or what's happening? Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, that, well, didn't I'm sorry. Last week you were all a rave about how we're going to be finding out the uh, Fantastic Four at the D twenty three. I was. Did we get any was news I? on that? <laughs> Me was that? Was I saying that? Yeah, you, really? apparently one of your one of really? your um, spies, your your little uh, Baker Street boys, <laughs> or whatever. You know, they broke the news. They, they you you were making a big deal. We're going to hear about it. So, what's the news, Dave? What did we find out in twenty three about news, Fantastic Four? News is quiet right now, Rich. News is real, <laughs> real, real quiet on that topic. I think they're keeping it covert. Um, yeah, that is ringing a distant bell. That I, that, I, that was a rumour that I was hyping, and that's true. Um, I don't think that rumour came to reality. <laughs> D23. What was I saying? Fantastic Four. Was that what I was saying? Yeah, they, they were going to announce the casting of the Fantastic Four. But they've already announced the movie, haven't they? Uh, well, we know that the movie's in the pipelines, but uh, the rumour was that you were that you were hyping up last week was right. that we were going to find out who the casting is, who, who's really? who they've cast. Yeah. They, there's, I see, I see articles that are questioning when it's going to happen, but it doesn't. Um, yeah. Uh, da, da, da. The incredibly slow drip of fantastic four news delivered a small dribble of D 23, but it wasn't anything that hadn't already been properly leaked. Um, John Watts long out is replaced by Matt Shakeman of one division. Uh, but then we waited to hear more only for Kevin uh, Feige to reportedly outright say no fantastic forecasting was coming that day. Um, so, yeah, I yeah, I don't know what to say, man. Like, it, they should announce it. Like, you know, what I would have, you know what I think, you know what I would have liked if they come out and God say, say hello to a new Wolverine and out would come the actor in the yellow and black costume. That would be cool. You know? That would be fucking cool. That'd be more exciting than fucking Fantastic Four news. Oh, there you go, living in a fantasy world again, Dave. <laughs> oh, what could have been? <laughs> yeah, I know. Man. Yeah, there was no news. There was almost no... Apart why, from... Why won't these people conform to my fantasies? Yeah, I know. Why Why not? Why am I... They're cancelling paper girls on me and they don't pay attention to my ravings. It's not fair. Well, I don't know. I don't know why people thought they would announce anything. I mean, if there's going to be a, a Fantastic Four movie, it ain't mm. coming out for at least three three years, I'd imagine. No. Oh, well. Okay. Moving on. Uh, the Coalition has pledged 1% of all future net revenue from Gears of Wars, games, and merchandise to suicide prevention charities. 
uh, with Crisis Text Line announced as its first partner. I think that's actually really good. Um, you know, that, that, that's a, that would be a fair amount of revenue um, to be devoting to suicide prevention. I think that's cool. Like at-risk youths and stuff, you know. A lot of people out there, you know, I don't mean to make light of it, but there are a lot of people out there suffering in you know, troubled times and stuff, like mental health and everything. I, I actually think that's a really good thing. Um, so good on them. Uh, Thunder- well, I'm glad to see you've grown since last week, Dave. What, what, what did I do last week? I don't even remember. You were casting aspersions or something. Didn't you say I had no empathy? Yeah, that is correct. That, you, yeah. Fact, I didn't say that. You said that. No. <laughs> I just confirmed it. <laughs> now, I, if I'm in the right mood, I have some. You've got to catch me in the right mood. Fair enough. Got to get you on the right day. Got to get me on the right day. Definitely not when I'm hangry, you know? Definitely <laughs> don't approach me when I'm hungry and grumpy and tired. Don't come expecting a handout then, you know? Fair like, enough. In fact, don't come expecting a handout in general. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's be brutally honest, Rich. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's I'm not the most you know I don't part with the coins easily, kind of thing. You know, when it when it comes to the crunch, like for the stuff. But I do think that that's actually a really good initiative. All joking aside, now um, Marvel's Thunderbolts got announced in terms of the cast, and it was uh, I felt a very boring list. Um, there was no Red Hulk. There was no Grey Hulk. Um, it was like fucking Red Widow, David Arbar's crap character. Um, you know, David Arbar's the Red Guardian. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Sebastian, I'm definitely out there. Sebastian Stan playing um, uh, Winter Soldier is probably the biggest name. You had Julia Lewis-Dreyfus playing that character she's been playing, you know, recruiting them all. You had US Agent, who I don't mind. But it just all felt very like here's the B and C team, you know. We've gathered all the B and C team, all the super predictable, like fuck off. Like you didn't give us anything. We, you know, it's gonna be like. Remember, uh, I think you mean like B, C, D, and E team. Yeah, but it's like remember when they did the Defenders on Netflix and it was such a fizzer. This is gonna be like that's gonna make the Defenders look like fucking you know Citizen Kane. I guarantee it. <laughs> like it's this is really gonna suck. Um, so yeah, Thunderbolts are coming. I am not excited at all in any way. Now you have some news well, about you know, Marvel. Marvel does want to um have their own Suicide Squad and don't go. Look, we'll do it better. Yeah, I'm sure they won't. Now, um, you've got some news about Velma from Scooby Doo. Not a name yeah, I've seen so in a while. We need to we've got to get Velma cancelled. Um, she's <laughs> like one of the most racist people on the planet. Velma. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Um, Velma, the the, the, the sort of geeky one. Yeah? yeah, she called the cops on LeBron James, man. She got <laughs> she got the cops to arrest LeBron James for being a black man. What's this in? What in a in a so, show? Uh, that new game that's came out, Multiverses. Ah, right. Um, okay, yes. Um, which is basically like a Smash Brothers, Smash Bros. Okay, um, is that what it is? Right. All these okay. Characters fighting on like a platform and shit. Oh, um, and right. her special move. Velma's, yeah. Is uh, is a nod to, obviously, the TV show, where mm-hmm. they would obviously get the cops to arrest the bad guy. After they rip the him. stockings off their heads or whatever, you know, the, yeah. the ghost. So, basically, her special move is she holds up a wanted poster. And, by the way, the wanted poster is just a generic white guy right. on it. Funny. And then the cops roll up and <laughs> they grab the character and, and put them in the car and then, like, drive them off the platform, right? That's okay. her special move. That's but, of it. course, someone's uh, taking a, a shot of... of doing that to LeBron and everyone was like oh my god oh they're saying like 
And now I believe that they're uh, going to be changing her um, special move in the game. Isn't it the changing the mystery machine? I think. Yeah, they've changed it to the mystery. Yeah, the the the, the mystery van, the mystery machine. Yeah. Um, but still driving really? him off a cliff. So, but it, but it. But it's like, a special really? that is on every character. So she'll be doing that to Batman. She'll be doing that to Shaggy. This is she'll such bullshit. Doing, like, this is but again, bullshit. someone took a video of it, and because LeBron James, for some fucking reason, <laughs> is a character in the in this fucking game. They're about calling her a Karen. Is Scooby Doo's Velma a Karen? Like, really? Yeah, really? It's, it's pathetic. It's honestly, it is sad. and this is why I say it's, it's. You know, these people are just. These people ruin everyone's hobbies, man. Just... Oh my god! Look at this. One user wrote on Twitter: "I'm enjoying Velma in multiverses, but he he's got him maining a character. I think he means making a character whose special move is calling the police on her enemies. Doesn't sit right with me as a black man. LOL. Oh Jesus. Well, at least oh, he put an LOL god. in there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and now, yeah, this is pathetic. And and now they've yeah they've changed it. Um, it's really sad. Well, it's a double. It, it, people hate it for double. One, cops. Everyone hates cops now, apparently. Which I, I fucking have a huge problem with that. Frankly, that they that and then of I'm course, I'm getting sick of people making out like a cops are. They're, they're trying to make out like cops are unnecessary. We wouldn't last a week without them. You know, you, you, we would not last a week without the police. And you know, it just well, frustrates me. Every, really every empire, every kingdom. Every civilization has some sort of enforcement, um, including the fake city of Chaz, as you said, Rich. Remember that? Yeah, yeah but I mean, your royal guards; those are technically your police. Sure. Like, when, yeah. if you have a kingdom, the guys that walk around the the, yeah. the kingdom with a city or the, the you know the, the castle guarding it, those are basically anything that has an economy that has any items of value, blah blah blah, blah, blah. maybe a commune where everyone's stoned out of their brains could could exist for a couple of weeks, but the wheels will fall off there too, you know um, someone's paying those bills I, I'm just tired of it being like, you know even the cop shows apologising for their existence, I saw someone coming after Law, Law and Order SVU, a fantastic show and I'm just getting sick of it. And and this, I mean, this is just a stupid fucking example. I think they ended the the Brooklyn Nine Nine show because of um, really because of the BLM stuff. Really, it's really pathetic. Um, but it feels like BLM has really taken a big back seat, like these days. It feels like it's become just more. Well, I mean, another one of their leaders has been charged or investigated for like money laundering or or. or um, um, Really? Steam, steam, I don't know if it's stealing embezzling money or whatever they do because it's supposed to be a charity. Yeah, right. Um, and so, and, you know, because one of them apparently what a was investigated for buying like four mansions. And <laughs> yeah. Now there's another one. Hey, he's just, he's just living the American dream, man. Like, give the guy a break, you know? Yeah, but you don't get to live the American dream with a fake charity. Be funny if he's, uh, if he's <laughs> that's hired. Not, that's not business acumen. It'd be fucking hilarious if he's li- living in a gated mansion with white guards. Probably is. Probably <laughs> there he is. is. There he is. He's become the very thing he wants to burn down. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. But this is just stupid. I, I don't even know what to say other than it's it's really pathetic. And, um, and, and frankly, they can fuck off. Like, I get the feeling, too, this was a few people on Twitter having a joke as well. I don't actually think this was super serious. Oh, but, mate, you know. it doesn't matter. Sometimes now, 
only one person has to complain. Yeah. And it gets changed. Just one person. That's hilarious. On Twitter complains and... Well, I'm complaining they cancelled Paper Girls. Can they, can they reverse it? I'm complaining about that. Come on. Um, yeah. No. That's it. Because it only works if you're complaining about someone being racist or uh, sexist or... Well, it was sexist. They were all girls. It was sexist. I'll they were try. all girls. Go for it. Try There you go. I'm not going to try too hard. I don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that much, Rich. Um, there's plenty of other replacements. Um, in, in some really fucking appalling news, um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to name names here. CB Sabolsky seriously is getting to a level where I am now questioning if this fat piece of like excrement can actually edit anything correctly or make any correct decisions. They killed Conan. In Conan the Barbarian, in Savage Avengers, in the Marvel Universe, because as we know, Conan's um, license has moved to Titan Publishers and will no longer be at Marvel after Marvel butchered the series, and they killed Conan, but killed by Thulsa Doom in Savage Avengers. And I just want to say, this is one of the darkest days in modern Marvel in the last twenty-five years. I, and it's sad and pathetic. And if this comes to CB Sabolsky's desk, and, and I assume at some level he's ticked off on it, and, and or, or, or he hasn't noticed. He's so ignorant of what's happening, he hasn't even noticed. They killed Conan, and it's bullshit. That's my response. Um, I'm just, I'm pissed off about it. Uh, it's it, They've done nothing but ruin the, the Conan franchise at Marvel. They brought him into the present. He doesn't need to be in the present for more than one issue. He's been in the present for years. Nobody cares. He's completely out of place. And and now they've killed him. And I think it's a sad day for Marvel. And thank God he's leaving Marvel. Um, this wouldn't have happened on Roy Thomas's watch. You know? Um, your comments, Rich? Well, they're only killing him because they've lost the rights. Yeah, well, fuck them. You know, that's my response. Fuck them. But it doesn't, well, yeah, but it doesn't matter, Dave. Yeah, I know. But, like... It doesn't matter in that the character... None of the, none of the Marvel stuff is canon anyway. No, it's not. And, and I hate they took him to the present for so long. If you'd done it for an issue, okay, that's fine. But they've kept him in the present for ages, trying to milk it out on Savage Avengers, which was I, okay when Jerry Duggan was doing it, but whoever's writing it now has got no idea, no I clue. I am pretty sure... Mm. I'm not going to check, but I'm pretty sure. Mm. If we go back, when mm. we first talked about Marvel getting... Conan back. Yeah. I said that they would fuck it up. You were right. You were right. Yeah, you I were said, right. Current Marvel will fuck up and, and utterly do yeah. a, a, a disservice to Conan at Marvel. Well, how, how does it feel to be right, Rich? Like, you know, as I said, like it's, it's, it's like water for ducks back for me. It's just, yeah. I'm, I'm numb to it. Another day at the crease from you. Yeah, I mean, I probably had higher hopes than you, but you've been proved correct because they've done nothing but fuck it up. And um, and and, and I'm going to say something that might sound really harsh. Jason Aaron did a barely passable job. Jim Zub was the one guy at Marvel who got it with Conan. And they, they had him on for too short a time, and then they sunsetted the character, that, that famous fucking word. And I said, I don't even know what that means. You know, um, what it means is you, you you did not do enough for the character. Like, the, the comics they put out with Kona when they got it back were so inferior to the comics of the 70s and 80s that Marvel did with Conan. Like, your own company 
did this so much better with exactly the same character. Doesn't that tell you something? You know, Dark Horse did such a good job on Conan. Why can Marvel, how did they fail when they're the ones who originally did it? They don't have the plethora of talent that they That's it. That's it. They should have done what I said originally. They should have hired Chuck Dixon and put him on Conan. You know, uh, the the guy still pounding out the classics. He knows kind of like the back of his hand. Instead, they fumbled it. They fumbled the ball so badly, and oh, they've lost yeah, a lot. They should have been like a drug dealer, right? So <laughs> you get no, no, you get someone a bigger name, even an older name, who's done Conan. Yeah, get them in on it first. Yeah, I guess Please. the the ball rolling. People are buying it. Yeah, then you can maybe try out an Aaron, yeah, or a Zub or something like that. Yeah, and if it's not working, then you quickly go back to a more established writer. And I, and I will say this: Jim Zub did a good job. He really did. He 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 had the unfortunate yeah, luck of coming have in late. Didn't at the start. No, that's the exactly. Problem. That's what I said. Yeah. And, you know, like a drug dealer, the first one's free, and then you yeah. got to pay for the rest. Like that's it. You get the you get them hooked on it by getting a good it's writer true. who's it's worked true. with Conan before. Gets people motivated. Oh my god, Conan's back! Oh, these stories are great. And then you can try a different writer. Yeah. And if you notice yourself dropping off, then you quickly bring back, or or you get a new uh, another writer who's very getting again established, familiar with Conan, who you know. And you just got to try and until you write, you know, until you can find mm. the newer talent that can be successful on it. But you got to get them hooked on it first. And well, Jason Aaron, I, I like part. Jason Aaron's work a lot of the time. Look, I, recently I haven't at all liked his Avengers, but he's done plenty of other stuff that I love. His Conan was not his best stuff. It really wasn't. I, I, I almost feel he was maybe a bit overawed by the character, much like Garth Ennis has said he was overawed by Judge Dredd when he got on the title. He was too big a fan, and, and he himself, Garth Ennis, said he was intimidated by the character and he doesn't feel he put his he, he he tried it wasn't that he wasn't trying he, he just you know he was kind of writing in his own shadow and i feel jason aaron did have a love of the character but he, it wasn't fun i was like why is this not fun this is conan you know i i don't know why but jason aaron feels like marvel's version of um scott snyder to me i don't know why yeah um, I feel like they're very like I feel like they're two guys who think they're cleverer than what they are. Well, I mean, he's done a lot of good work at Marvel independently. He has done a lot of good work in his time. Yeah, so has Scott Snyder, but I'm just saying I think sometimes these guys get a bit too high on their own supply. And Probably start start you know when they have done a bit of good, everyone's like, "Oh my god, the next great writer!" And they're like, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> now I can coast, and it's like, no. Yeah, you got to work hard to keep that fucking title. Man. Yeah, true. Oh, you you are right about the coasting. You are definitely right about the coasting. There's been plenty of that. Um, yeah, look, there's a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, it's officially going to be called Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. It will launch on May 12, twenty twenty-three. Um, I saw on uh, Dion um, daughter has it on Switch, and it is. An impressive looking game that that Breath of the Wild. I will say that um, I'm not a, a Zelda player um, ever, but I was very impressed with what I've seen of, of that game, um, just visually. Um, looked really cool. Definitely not the game for you, Dave. <laughs> Why do you say that, Richard? Because it's open world, but there's no map marker telling you where to go, what to do. <laughs> 
That sounds hard. Um, <laughs> that sounds very hard. Yeah, you just got to pick a direction and go. Yeah. Well, that can have its charms, you know. Yeah, um, but I don't know if it's your charm. No, it's probably not my charm. But no, I, I just mean visually. I, I've sat there and watched her play. Oh, no, it's, artistically it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed Blade Runner 2099 will naturally take place 50 oh, years. Did you? No. What did, what did you just say? Uh, Amazon's did you say Assassin's or did you oh, say Oh, sorry. Amazon? Amazon's Blade Runner. I had Assassin's right. Creed on the mind. Amazon's Blade Runner 2099 will naturally take place 50 years after Denis Villeneuve's Blade Runner 2049. Uh, Ridley Scott and 2049 writer Michael Green will serve as executive producers. All I can say is. 2049, beautiful-looking movie. My God, it was long, and I found quite boring um, for large chunks of it. I, I need to re-watch it, just like I need to re-watch June, because I think there was a good movie there that I just wasn't in the mood to sit through. There were very long movies, both of them. Um, I, 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 didn't even, I didn't even think that 2049 looked good. Yeah. Um, artistically, um, I thought it was lacking... Uh, the grunge of the the 80s um, feel. You know what I mean? Like, there's a bit more grittiness, there's a bit more grunginess to the, sure. um, the original Blade Runner mm. that I just uh, felt that was very lacking in... Like, this one was more neon. Yeah. And, and like, but it, it... Which there is a bit, but without the grunginess. Like, I just feel like it was almost, like, sanitized. Yeah, in in a way. Um, so I was bored with the movie, and I didn't even like the look of the movie either. So yeah, well, we'll see what they can do with this one. Oh I, my god, I'm it was. Not, I'm not getting my hopes up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I just thought it was just terrible. Um, yeah, no, sorry, I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was boring, uh, very boring actually. And um, I like. Is there even that much of a story? Like, really? Well, that's my pro- like. That's the problem. <laughs> Sometimes when you do a movie. <laughs> It's not meant to have a continuation. Like it's, it's not meant to Yeah, like to a franchise. A like it's not like they do all this new interesting stuff. It's, it's like recycling the same ideas and just, you know, same old, same old. Like, like a good example is like Predator, right? Like yeah. they never wrote the first Predator movie to be a franchise. Sure. But you can just go, well, fuck it. We'll just take another Predator. Yeah. And just, it's a different Predator. And we just put him in a new location with new characters. And so you can get away with going like, well, we'll make a sequel. But this year, there's certain movies that just like the narrative ends. Yeah. And there isn't really, a, there's not a Thank continuous you. Yeah. narrative from that movie, well, but they force it in. Well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a good example. June does have, in the way the books are done, it is almost like reading a history of time, like, like a really living history. But... As the books go, bang, bang, bang. Sometimes there's thousands of years between books, but it's really interesting because the world keeps sort of moving and changing. There's not just one story. There might be some, well, there is some connective tissue, but there's it's interesting. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It was like I don't know. It was it was it, it just didn't seem to have anything new. It was like. Some bits of it were interesting, but like so much of it, it was dreary. If I had to use boring and 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 slow, very slow. Let's take our time. Like I think we took a bit too much time. You know, I was I was like struggling to stay awake. I, I sat through the whole thing. I, at the end of it, I was like, "Well, I'm glad I watched it, but I I, I couldn't say I I really enjoyed it." And 
Unfortunately, with June, I think for me, my problem is I am so familiar with the source material. I probably read that book 20, 30 times, you know, as a kid. You know what I mean? I, I know it so well. And I I was, I was, it's sort of like I'm coming in with so many preconceptions, but I did enjoy the movie. Um, I kept thinking, I wonder if someone who hasn't read the book will enjoy it. But speaking to people who've seen it, I, I've heard a lot of people say how much they liked it. So I'm going to go back and watch it again solo because um, I was watching on a night when Michelle was doing something and I was watching, but I was I was a bit distracted. Um, I want to kind of sit back and watch it because it is a good movie. I, like, it is a very good movie. Um, and I think it's a better movie than the Blade Runner 2049. I feel really Scott, brilliant filmmaker, I do think kind of recycling some of the old stuff a bit too much. You know, it's I like do, yeah. I look. I have a lot of respect for Ridley Scott. Um, I mean, a lot of me growing up, I, his movies were like brilliant. Mm. But I just feel like since Gladiator, yeah, um, he's kind of so it's like he's lost his mojo. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? I just don't feel like he, it's there. I don't. I feel like he's lost the spark. And no, and no one's telling him no. You know, yeah, it, it's like much. it's like. Do do we really need uh, a Blade Runner? Is it a TV show, Rich? Like, is there really uh, th- that big a demand for this? Like, honestly, like, do we really think it's going to be amazing? Well, that's the funny thing. I, uh, you know what, a Blade Runner TV show could be interesting. Is just that from what the point is? of no, no, but just from the point of view of a guy that has to hunt um, mandroids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like just from that alone. Again, I'm not talking about the actual same characters or anything like that. Yeah, a Blade Runner TV show where you're yeah, following a guy whose job it is is to hunt down the androids. Yeah, the replicants you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the replicants, the androids, the androids, whatever you want to call them, mm. like the artificial yeah. beings. That could be an interesting show that maybe is just loosely, like, uh, uh, um, based on the Blade Runner. You know what I mean? It shares the same name, but sure. it's it's a different. It's a little different beast of its own. We've just taken the concept of a guy hunting yeah. uh, replicants. That could be an interesting TV show. Definitely. I now, mean, they did that with Stargate. I mean, they took Stargate and was like, well, well what if we made a show where these gates fucking go to other planets mm. and we can have adventures? on? And you go, like, oh, brilliant. You, like, you love that we'll, show, It'll be you? loosely tied to the movie. You know, we're not going to be, like, totally beholden to it. No. But let's see how we go. So you could do it. Um but it's just going to be done well. You just got to have the right execution. Now, is this a TV um, show on Amazon? I assume it is. If it's an Amazon Studios. No, Amazon does m- movies as okay. well. I mean, right. the um, Samaritan was just a movie. A theatrical release, though, or just on Ooh, Amazon? Oh, that's a good question. If it's done by Amazon, I doubt it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, um, I don't know what to say. Uh, but to be fair, I don't think the last Blade Runner made a lot of money, so. They probably think it might be safer to just have it on streaming. I agree. Weekly Comics, Rich. Uh, f- first up was Justice League 139. This was the Kerry Bates story, the second part of the Adam Strange storyline um, and Justice League storyline from the remember we did last week. Mm-hmm. Yes. We wanted to follow up on the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger. And oh, my Lord. There, there, was, there was a lot of talking heads this issue, I felt. You know? Oh, God, yes. Lots of dialogue. <laughs> oh no, and I would say too much dialogue almost. You know, mm. this was when this is when the amount of people in the Just League it felt there was too many. They were literally standing around, you know, and um 
Look, it was entertaining enough. Like, Carrie Bates has always told a decent story. Like, it resolved, it was good. But I did feel that maybe he needed to... He had too many people on his plate for a period of time. And, you know, um, yeah, I didn't think it was as strong as the first issue. Would you agree? Um, I mean, yes, I mean, yes, I mean, I think the story is fine. Yeah. Um, uh, it was interesting and Kanjaro, mm. uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I very much enjoyed the story, but yes, I do agree. Like, um, there was just a lot of people talking in it, yeah. like uh, a bit unnecessarily, but I still enjoyed the story. I thought it was still a, um, it's interesting. Yeah. a, a good story, uh, entertaining story uh, and ideas. So, um, and I, definitely I, I still think enjoyed it, but there was a bit of a, too much dialogue. Could be a great animated episode. You know, you <laughs> could, you could really, you could work off the bones of the story here, I think, and build on something really interesting. And, and also the reveal at the end that Kang Jaro was um, hiding as the, Alien Green Lantern from the seventy third century was mm. was cool. Did you see that twist coming? Because I sure didn't. No, <laughs> that came out of nowhere from me. Where it would have been funny if the guy who pegged the yellow rocket him it was just like, you know, <laughs> like what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you attacking me? <laughs> like I hope. Oh, sorry, I I thought maybe never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> I I had a theory, but it didn't pan out. I'm giving it a seven out of ten, Rich. I don't know what you're giving it. Yeah, 7 out of 10 is a decent score, and I agree with that. Yeah, and then we had um, Superman 296 to 299, uh, really one of my favourite storylines, written by Kerry Bates and Elliot S. Magan, and, uh, oh, my God, like, I love this story, uh, where it's um, Superman no more, um, you know, and Clark Kent and and Superman. It's such a great storyline. Like, basically, he loses his powers when he's wearing his Clark Kent uniform and has his powers when he's wearing his Superman. And then he embraces the um, su- the the Clark Kent persona and he, like, throws a punch at Steve Lombard. He, he like, flat-out kisses Lois uh, and pursues that relationship and re- they really open up to each other and, and he shows a um, bit of assertiveness with Morgan Edge's boss. I loved this storyline, and dude, this was like back in the 76, I think, and this is a four-parter over four issues, really good stuff, as far as I'm concerned, I love this story, I I, I mean, this is Bron Jones Superman peak, what did you think, Rich? Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it, uh, it was a very charming story, I do think maybe could have been done in three issues, maybe, sure. uh, it did, because there was a lot of repetition. Yeah, uh, like in one of the issues, like the first five six pages is literally just recapping. Yeah, yeah, like the story. So uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, but I did think maybe four was a bit too much. Um, sure, uh, with it, but but again, just a bit of padding. Obviously, maybe you know they had four issues, they had to get it. You know, maybe they were like, no, it's got to be four because next would be issue three hundred or something. So they maybe yeah. they had to um, uh, spread it out to four uh, to four issues. That's fine. Um, uh, there was a moment where I literally. Um, so there's a moment where I, uh, uh, I didn't, I didn't click until obviously it was revealed that he was dreaming. Yes, because it was the one point where <laughs> him and Lois are walking around and like, you know, a guy gets hit by a car and and um, the kid gets killed know, by the like, plane. Oh, you know, nothing can be done for that guy, and then a plane fucking crashes on a boy flying a kite, <laughs> and like, and then Clark's like, oh well, at least the kite got away, and I was like. 
what the fuck? Why has it become such a uh, uncaring like? And then it reveals that he was actually just dreaming. It's the yeah. stress of of him essentially trying to decide because. Uh, so what it is is that there's an alien that landed thirty years ago, kind of the same time as him. Yes, the same day, and, I think. Um, yeah, and the alien did something to his clothes. So the alien actually lives next door to him. Yes, kind of knows who he is. Yes, and he's been leaving like technology and and stuff in the apartment, and he and he coated his clothes in something that sort of basically suppresses the thing. And so it's basically him thinking and him not knowing that. So he thinks that he's he's trying to decide if he's going to be full time Superman. Yeah, or full time Clark, Clark yeah. because, which is so fascinating. Know, like as a as as like a story idea, it's a really like well thought out sort of. Yeah, because it's story. an interesting thing of like that one can't live without the other one. So yeah. you know, Clark does good and all that, but then there's also so much good that he does a Superman. But then if he's just Superman all the time, um, there, there's other th- avenues that are cut off to him where the good that he does is Clark. Yeah, you know, like testifying against intergang and yes, and and stuff and uh, having friends. You know, like being able to talk to Lois. Like what a little prick Jimmy Olsen is. When Superman goes over, Jimmy Olsen's like, go wherever you normally go to talk to people. It's like, fuck you, Jimmy. Like, I don't know. Jimmy wasn't doing that. Jimmy was more like, what are you doing? There's like, there's a fucking guy, the solar man. Yeah. He's busy screaming for you to come fight him. Why are you sitting here talking to me? Yeah, but even still, I thought Jimmy Olsen would get back in his place. I, I get it. But I mean, also Jimmy doesn't, you know, he doesn't, like he's Superman's pal, but I mean, he is more Clark's friend like they have a it's, much he's literally superman's pal jimmy olsen with his signal watch no superman just uses him as a alert machine yeah i've got to say i wouldn't be spending too much time on jimmy but 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 that was the one part where i was i i felt like saying hey jimmy get back in your box buddy yeah but to be fair they had to do it because that yeah, was how right. they're going to tell the story of like jimmy doesn't true. see superman the same way that he sees Clark or doesn't have that same. I've got a question so, for you. I've got a question for you. When he kisses Lois, uh, are you thinking that was the first night they might have had sex? You know? No, my brain doesn't go there, Dave. My brain went straight there. And the next no, morning, know. she's like, "La la la, I'm so pretty, I'm so fine." All that stuff she was singing to herself. <laughs> I just think that she liked seeing an assertive man. Yeah, it was it was hilarious when she's like, "I think Clark does play the meek." Yeah, the meek mild. mild. Um, People walk all over him, and he just says, "Thank you. Can I have some more?" Yeah, um, true. kind of thing. So I think her seeing Clark just was like, "Oh my god, he's actually assertive. He's um, he's got some balls. More you know? confident. Yeah, he's standing up for himself." And she was very much more attracted to that. Um, she sure was. Uh, I mean, than it... before. Um, yeah, really fascinating um, uh, story. Um, and that I liked how he had to quickly change to. Uh, Clark, but then he took clothes that were at the office. Yes, like he's at home, and then he realized, wait, I still have my powers, even though I'm wearing the suit. And then he figured it all out, and you know, and stuff, and all that. And he, um, it, but yeah, a fascinating story of like, what would you do? Yeah, if you, if you're like, look, I have to choose one, like mm. you know, because one, he can't rely. Surely, on at the end of the day, he would have chosen Superman. Why would he choose Clark? You know. That's what I didn't understand. Like I was like, well, because it's not a hard decision. Not really. Um, and and I'm like that they cover this because you have to remember Clark um, was raised as human, mm. and so he 
he thinks like a human and he yeah. wants human relationships and sure. you know he, he wants to like yeah. you know he's he has kind of brought up as a normal person yeah i don't think he could survive as just being superman i think he would become very lonely you don't think that's what he becomes in the end after lois goes like even in today's comics like eventually like it's just a matter um, of time Maybe it's interesting, but I, I think Superman would would continue. Um, yeah. um, I've always thought of him as someone that would like. He would find love again. <laughs> oh, you really think so? I, I see. Well, I Lois know. wasn't. Hey, Lois wasn't his first love. That's true. Um, there was Lana, Lana was his first, and then Lois. There was the I mean, mermaid. The mermaid as well. Yeah. So you know, I mean, look, would he be sad? Yes. You know, would he? You know, maybe be a bit depressed, but I mean, I think when you know he gets back into it, then he meets someone else. I, I I don't see him being like mopey forever or anything. Okay, all right, yeah, fair enough. I I see. I think in today's comics, they've so driven into the brains of of Superman and Lois that that now I I don't think that he would go on kind of thing like in date again or anything. I know they did the thing with Wonder Woman that was kind of an experiment, I guess, um, of that concept, but. I, I think they're reverted so strongly to that that I like they're not going to kill Lois like in our lifetime kind of thing like permanently. Kill Maybe him. I never thought they would have killed Alfred in my lifetime. But they brought him back, man. He's back. Is he back? Yeah, really? I believe. I have not been. I have not been reading. I've not been reading it either. But I I read somewhere on, along the thing that Alfred is now back. Yeah, is Alfred. He? Yeah. How did he come back? He's not. I I don't know how, but I believe there was an appearance of Alfred in a very recent Batman comic. Um, so, yeah. That wasn't just a flashback? I don't know. I'm, I'm, officially returns from the dead. Yeah, I, I don't know how. Um, but I guess everyone has come back from the dead. In a brand new preview for Batman vs. Robin 1, Alfred Pennyworth has somehow returned from the dead as he shows up alive on Bruce Wayne's doorstep. Uh, in a new, first look at the new comic book, uh, blah, blah, blah. So, it seems... seems well, it says, yeah, however, the reason behind isn't explained, so this could be yeah. like a... Um... Could be a trick or something. Yeah, yeah, it could be like someone fucking or, you know, uh, uh, Rachel Gould, you know. Yeah, it uh, could be. Oh, well, it could be a Lazarus pit. It could have been a Lazarus pit. Yeah. We'll see. So, Although, we don't, uh, so it looks like he's back, but we don't actually know. Oh, we don't have 100% confirmation. If no. it's really Alfred, like, we'll see oh. it with us. Oh, well, I won't see it, but we'll find out. Well, we will find out. I'll stay on the story. Um, but I just want to say how much I love this. And also, I think. For remarkable for its time, it wasn't common for for stories to go over four issues back in 1976. You know, a four parter over yeah, four separate yeah. issues, um, and obviously it leads into 300, which was a big celebration issue. Um, I think this is remarkably good comics. I'm going to give it nine out of ten. I, I actually love it, to be honest. I, I I think there is so much to love here. DC, please put out an omnibus. Of the Bronze Age Superman, please. I know you started with Denny O'Neill. This is cream of the crop stuff. What do you think, Rich? Oh yeah, I mean it's an eight point five. Yeah, I'm I'm deducting a point five for, for? being maybe one issue too long. Jeez, you're a hard man. You are a hard man, Rich. You 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 grew if, up. If that's the worst I can say about it, I mean, <laughs> I think you know how good it is then. <laughs> That's fine, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was so much fun, and, um, and we'll do more flashbacks and stuff. I, I love doing these flashbacks because, believe you me, it's been slim pickings in the weekly comics front for a few weeks, Rich. It really has been. It's been years, you mean? Oh, it's been a pleasure to die. Like, 
I read this today, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a pleasure, you know. Now, Rich, introduce our trade of the week, uh, the Campbells. Tell us all about it. Uh, yeah, so this is me um, continuing my uh, investigation, my exploration mm. into uh, French comics. Very sophisticated Europe, of you, Rich, Europe to be. Comics, European comics. Very sophisticated uh, man, aren't you, Rich? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, you know what? I guess one of the benefits of um, Western comics being so shit is that it, you know, <laughs> it forces you to, to to look elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, so it's basically it's a it's a writer artist uh-huh. um, named uh, um, I, I don't I, put, I think it's uh, Jose Luis uh, Manuera. Okay. Um, uh, and um. You can get it from uh, Europe Comics, right? Um, if you are interested, that's the, the sort of publication that does the English versions, I believe. Yeah, because these are translated. Um, yeah, okay. Yes, um, and basically, it's just a high seas um, pirate uh, swashbuckler story um, uh, done in a bit of a cartoony style. Uh, yes. Very, very like um, uh, blue coats, sort of Tintin, you know kind of you know a bit more detailed than tintin like it's not as simplified uh-huh. as tintin but it's got that you know everyone ev- every character looks different now you yes you know, it's the big ears big feet um everyone looks very distinct i love stuff like that i love when characters have silhouettes yeah like interesting silhouettes where you could be able to tell the difference between characters it feels uh, a very european thing you know it feels like when we when we read these comics this is something they're very good at you know Oh yeah, and I especially love the look of the um, the main character, um, uh, who's uh, basically raising. He's a single father raising two daughters. Yes, um, yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, uh, and uh, they kind of like he's kind of given up the pirate life, um, and uh, but he's kind of getting uh, dragged back in, and then it looks like there's also. Uh, there's another pirate which then turns out to be his brother. Yes. And it looks like they used to be sort of uh, pirates together. Mm. Uh, and then obviously he fell in love with uh, a, a woman, but of course his brother also had eyes for the woman. Yeah. And now she's obviously died. Uh, we'll f- oh, we don't know, you know if the brother was responsible or how she died, um, but obviously there's been a rift. Yeah. Between them and uh, and then there's another third pirate who's like a um, a scheming little cowardly guy yes. who's, who's trying to become his his own pirate but has the worst luck. Yeah, he's just <laughs> hopeless. He's just basically useless. Um, and then he's got his sidekick, and basically he's always said to his sidekick, "Shut up, Higgins." Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's it's almost like Pinky and the Brain in a way. Um, where one of them thinks that like he's the genius, he's the leader, and the other one is always like you know kind of pointing at the 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 flaws or something yep. you just get to shut up Higgins or Haggins <laughs> sorry Haggins I think his name not Higgins Haggins shut up <laughs> um really enjoyable I loved the art I thought the art was really um really enjoyable like I just feel like it's really talented um it's not cartoony in the sense of like it looks odd it actually looks no no it's consistent I I I I agree I like the art as well I look honestly. I found the first volume, I was kind of slogging a bit, and I was like, oh, here we go again. And then, But you know what? I found my... I was like, this is pretty readable. Um, 
and I found issue uh, book two just flew by, and I was like, this is actually like I, I at first I was I, I saw it, I, I kind of know what to expect from this European stuff now, and I was like, okay. I prefer this to whatever the other last European thing you did was. So straight away I was like, oh, pirates, you know, I love pirates. You know I love my pirates. Who does? And, yeah, and I, and, I, and I know a little bit about it. Not a lot, but I know a little bit about it. Some of it from games, but the basic concept of it. And then I was like, like the, the pirates who were sort of like the, the guy who was fighting and sacking stuff on behalf of the English and then he gets given the... The rank, he gets given like a lordship, yeah. He gets, yeah, uh, that used to happen in Sid Meier's Pirates, which she used to play back in the late eighties, and um, mm. and I love that. And and then I found book two. I really felt it was it was firing on all pistons. Then you know, I, I was I was I was really like, oh, this is good. And the artwork for me, um, it works. Frankly, that's all I can say. It's not the kind of style of artwork I would naturally think I want to see in a comic. But you know what? It fit the story. It, it was a, there was a whimsical nature to some of the stuff, but there was also a bit of a harder edge. Like people did die, you know. I like oh, yeah. I like the stuff with the father and the daughters. Um, I have a question. Um, you know where they're hiding out? Is mm. that are they hiding out at the leper colony? Well, they're forced to hide out at the leper colony when uh, the the island that they were staying at gets gets discovered. Right, but, but but was the woman coming on to him? Was she a leper? No, no, I didn't think so either. I was like, really? I I was surprised if she was. Um, yeah, no, I I I dug it, man. To be honest, and you know what? It had a bit of a hill to climb with me. Um, because at first I thought with the art, I, I when you said pirates, I thought it was going to be more like El Cazador, you know. Uh, which you know I love that Chuck Dixon, Steve Epting, uh, pirate, pirate uh, comic. I thought it was going to have a harder edge, but no, I really I dug it, and I noticed at the end he dedicated it to Errol Flynn and Burt Lancaster from Crimson Pirate. Mm-hmm. That was classy. Um, yeah, look, this is honestly I think my favourite of this European stuff that we've done. Uh, I, I I I dug it. I I, I got into it. I got into spirit. Um, of it, I think you have to accept it for what it is. It's not, it's not American comics, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's different, you know. And yeah, I I enjoyed it, man. I I had I had a good time. I I, I mean, I give it a seven and a half out of ten. And, and the second book, really, really, I felt that's where it clicked. That wasn't a chore at all to read. I flew through that book. I finished that book before I even realized the first one. I did slog because I was finding my pace. Well, also, and also the first book is—it's a lot of setup. It it's is. A lot of, it is. Um, it's setting up the characters because, again, you've got—you've you've essentially got three characters, right? Mm. So you've got um, um, uh, Campbell with with his daughters, yes, and then you've got his brother who goes by the name I think uh, Inferno, I think it is, yeah, um, Captain Inferno, um, and then there's also the um, the third pirate. Um, uh, and his little uh, adventures, and they're all connected. They all sort yeah. of know each other, kind of thing, and all that. And but I think it was just setting that up. And then, yeah, when you get to book two, volume two, mm. it's now going at a much more brisker pace because okay, it's all set up. Now let's get to the the, the action and the story and yeah. the adventure uh, kind of thing and all that. So um, yeah, as I said, like I mean, I, I'm you know I grew up loving you know like Tintin and lucky Luke and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I think this is a higher quality. Mm. 
um, uh, you know, like this art is just, it's really phenomenal art. Like it's, it's like uh, a better version of Disney is, is probably <laughs> the best way for me to describe it. You yeah. know, cause it's got that sort of like Disney-esque where yeah. characters have a distinct look, you know, this character's got a big chin, this character's got a big nose. Yeah. You know, this character has a small head, but uh, big eyes or, or something like that. Like it's all got, mm. it's all got set up. And, and as I said, each character has a distinct um, uh, silhouette where if you could see them, you'd be like, oh, okay, I know who that character is. I know who that character is. Yeah, 100%. Um, man. And again, yeah, I agree. I like the relationship between Campbell and his daughters. Mm. Um, I liked in book two, so it, it ends with the revelation of uh, who Captain Morgan is. Who's the who's the his wife? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's the before he becomes his wife. Nancy, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I have yeah, a question. It's, it's a typical story of you know uh, brother pines for other brothers. Yeah, girl, uh, girl, and you know it it, uh, it 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 creates a wedge between them, and then obviously mm. she dies, and it's probably maybe the older brother's fault or something like that. And but it, you know it's yeah it's it's it's, it's one of those typical. I have a question. Um, was she actually haunting in? Re, re, was she really haunting the older brother, or was that his imagination? I would again. It's it's hard to know, but at this stage, uh, because we've only read the two volumes, I would mm. probably say it's his. I think he's torturing himself because he right. did love her. Um, yeah, I mean, you can clearly tell that he did love her. Yeah, um, and and now he has a deep hatred for his brother. Yeah, big time. Um, so he's it's he's probably his mind fucking with him because maybe he get a guilt. Yeah, the guilt. Um, because maybe he probably ended up killing. As I said, we we don't know the full story. It's only I believe there's five volumes. Yes, yes, correct. <laughs> and uh, and what I like is that each volume is only like fifty odd pages. So you know what I mean. It's uh, it's a good little um like British mini series. You know, a British yeah. series where it's like only like five episodes or six episodes, but. And we're good. I'll, I'll actually continue reading and I want to find out, um, you know, I actually want to find out the story between the brothers and, and Nancy and what happened. And, and cause obviously it's all coming to a head. Um, yeah. Uh, so. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, it's definitely, it's definitely, no, it was really enjoyable. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of 10. I, I, I dug it. I, I've got to say, I think it was, it was pretty strong. What are you giving it? A oh yeah. It's, it's an eight out of 10 for me. I mean, yeah. I just, this, cause it's not like, one, the art is also good, but the the uh, uh, the construction, the composure, the the paneling is so good as well. Yeah, you know, like this guy understands uh, composition and how to um, uh, frame the shot that they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. it's not just it's not just a cartoony style. This guy has a fantastic understanding of paneling. He's got and like the ships look really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing. Yeah, like the ships are super detailed. Yeah, um, the yeah. backgrounds um, are super detailed as well. Like when they're in the dungeon mm. and and stuff and all that, or when they're in the ball and they're having their party. Like the the background and all that is just like phenomenal. The de- it's cartoony, but it's high detailed. Yeah, cartoony. The ships look like actual ships. They don't look like cartoon ships. No, they I look agree. like real drawn like ships that are drawn, but they look real. I totally it's agree. Just the characters that have that sort of exaggerated yeah um body or face or nose or whatever um but as i said it gives them more character so i really dig it it's it's it was it was a really good read you 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 made a really good selection now i do want to say um wrapping this one up i will say that next week i know what we're going to do we're going to do superman the death of clark kent a mid-90s a mid-90s superman story rich you ever read it 
I've not read it. Uh, I think I have, but not for a long Yeah, long so we're going to do that next week. Um, we've got, as I said, check out the Chuck Dixon, Chuck Dixon interview we did. Um, we've got uh, another major uh, writer coming on. Um, a classic Superman writer is coming on the show in early October. Um, I do want to mention we're proud members of the collective. Um, you've got shows like Inner Demons with Brian Beggy. You've got uh, Into the Night with Ray. You've got Last Ones of Krypton with Ray and Connor. You've got Connor's Iron Fist podcast, um, Capes and Lunatics. I've got another episode of the Ultimate Spidercast coming up with Ray and Phil. But uh, Phil, um, Lilith and Charlie do a great show. A uh, ton of stuff over at Capes and Lunatics. There's a lot of good shows on the collective. Um, look, if you want to support this show, it's much appreciated, firstly. Um, it all goes towards show running costs. Um, for as little as $1 per month, if you go to patreon.com slash signalofdoom, you can help support the show, and it is much appreciated. Um, Rich, I feel like we've played our best game tonight. Any any thoughts, any final comments uh, for the audience out there? No, but I'm sure I'll think of something for next week. Yeah, you'll be right. And so next week, it will be Death of Clark Kent, which I'm looking forward to. On that note, yo, Joe, and good night. Good night. <laughs>